The Firebirds Fan Zone podcast is brought to you by Kyle Garman Realtor. Whether you're buying or selling, whether for your forever home or that quiet desert vacation getaway, Kyle Garman and the team at Keller Williams have the experience and skill to make the process simple and convenient. Check them out today at kylegarman.kw.com. Our podcast is also brought to you by DesertDefenseLawyers.com, DUI and criminal defense throughout the Coachella Valley. The criminal justice system is scary and confusing, but relief is just a click away at DesertDefenseLawyers.com, where we've been keeping folks out of the penalty box since 2008. The Coachella Valley Firebirds are bringing the Valley closer together, and the Firebirds Fan Zone podcast is your weekly dose of everything Firebirds. If you have suggestions for guests or questions you'd like answered or anything you want to add, be sure to leave them in the comments. If you like what you hear, please remember to hit that like button for this episode and be sure to subscribe. So if you're ready, here we go. Let's get into it. Three, two, one. Firebirds goal! His 13th goal of the playoff. The captain, number 17, Max. McCormick assisted by number 19, Cameron Hughes. Welcome to the Firebirds Fan Zone with your hosts, David and Kyle. Wow, that's pretty good. That's strong. And we're ready to rock and roll. We we're have here. another one. We so I, excited. Again, like, as usual, I have no idea what number this is. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Nobody cares. <laughs> no. Nope. Because we're sitting here with the one and only... The legend. Gino Lamont. This guy, yes, sir. how we got him to come in, I have no idea. A lot of begging, groveling. I think and he must have like leveraged something, won a bet somehow. I don't know. He literally just asked. Oh, well, that <laughs> it really wasn't. I, I, guess, I, guess I that's wouldn't give him credit do. for a whole lot of you know deep research on this. <laughs> he asked. I said, okay. Well, good. So as long as you didn't do any deep research, I didn't yeah. do any either. So we're just, we're just going to talk it out. But first... First, let's what's 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 going on with that plate right there? Um, well, let's start with first things first. Again, our thank you to everybody out there who continuously supports us. And, you know, we're doing the show continuously. And again, thank you for all the feedback. But today we are. Well, you know, I was on my way home. And as you know, we've been featuring some local businesses. And the one that I wanted to really dive into was the Coachella Valley Cookie Company. Those things look insane. Yeah, so I did some research on these guys. The great thing about these is they use clean ingredients, they don't use frozen dough, and they have gluten-free options. So my wife's gluten-free, and she wanted me to be sure, like, hey, make sure they have that option. And they do. So as usual, uh, like we did last time, I think we need to dive in a little bit. And I want to try what we've got is there's a chocolate chip. This is a lemon blueberry. That is a cookies and cream, and this is a sugar cookie. So I don't know which you guys prefer. Um, well, you, into really the measurement of any good cookies, chocolate chips. So, yeah, let's, let's, and I think I, I think I picked the wrong week to quit carbs. You're okay. These yeah. are, um, low calorie, <laughs> you know, on, well, I, I on think, the days of the show. I think what I recall from looking into this is it's pure cane sugar I, and not processed sugar. So that, there you go. You know, and I got to try the lemon blueberry. Mm. All right. Oh man. Oh man. Very, Absolutely. Very good. That's pretty good. That's a strong cookie. Now, my wife is mm. going to see this, so hey, <laughs> this is my only cheat on the on the carbs, but it was well worth it. These are good. Mm. So these guys, um, again, they're located. Man, that's a good cookie. Um, they're located right there on 111 in La Quinta. There's some water down here for you, too, if you need it. Yeah, I think I will. And the, what was interesting is they have a base Three cookies, 
that you can get anytime, but they have a rotating, a rotating the menu the of the week. Of the week, wow. They change out three different cookies. So I think they had a peanut butter, banana thing, crumble. They got all kinds of different variety of cookies, but they change out. They rotate uh, three different types of cookies each week. So when you go in and you don't see the same one each time, that's why. But I want to thank those guys out there, Coachella Valley Cookie Company. These are amazing. Man, that was I, awesome. I would recommend it. I, I, 100%. Know, on your cheat day. Whatever your cheat day is, head over there. Heck so, yeah. All right. Let's, let's get into let's it. Let's get into the business. This is the, the fun part. part. I love yeah. that part. So you are yes. a Valley legend since <laughs> long before okay. I moved here seven and a half years ago. Oh, yeah. You're a new kid in town. I'm a new kid in yeah. town. We both are. The, the ink is yeah, still wet on me. Yeah. What? Uh, tell us your story, man. How did you get out here? How did you become you? <laughs> the truth about me is so much of what's happened was nothing more than dumb luck. Okay. I didn't plan any of this. I didn't go to school for anything that's, that I've done. Really? Yeah, just stupid luck. And that's why I'm the worst guy ever to go to like high schools, talk about career paths and stuff. Because it's just I, stupid luck is, is the reason I'm sitting here today. Um, once I got the breaks, I, I worked hard at it. But the truth is, is like I worked in restaurants out of high school. I went to college for 12 years because I love going to college, but never, <laughs> never got a degree. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was there for all the wrong. Yeah. I like going to class. All right. I just didn't like actually doing the work. So you're like a professional student. Yeah, I, I like colleges. Okay. I like college girls. And I liked <laughs> okay. everything about a college atmosphere. So I was there until I was like 28 or What, what college? A lot of them. Uh, mostly JUCOs, Orange Coast, Golden West. Uh, I San, went to Orange San, Coast. Santa Monica City. Uh, went to St. Cloud State for a while. Did a semester. In Minnesota? Yeah. Wow, that's not Orange County at no, all. No. no are that, you, so are you a local guy? I was born and raised in Anaheim. Okay. Um, came out here the first time in 85. I was working in restaurants. What we did was we worked out here in the winter, and then I went to Gladstones in Malibu and worked the summers there. Oh, love Gladstones. Smart. Did you the Gladstones? No. Oh, On the man. beach, no. Sunset, and PCH. I think it's gone now. That's heaven. It gone now? They, keep, they keep threatening to close it down, but I just saw it was supposed to shut down like September 11th or something like that, September 15th, and uh, Wolfgang Puck's going to just level the place and build a restaurant. Wow. Um, but apparently the financing or whatever, so they got like a two-year reprieve. The problem is it's not the Gladstones from then. I mean, back then it was the spot. Um, that was the Lakers Showtime era. Oh, Magic would come in. If the Lakers won at home, Magic would go to Gladstones afterwards. Were and, you working when he would oh, come in? Oh, lots of times. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the boys coming in hot? Yeah. Wasn't a lot of boys. It was Magic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And lots of company. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> yeah. But, um, Speaking of cookies. Yeah. First time I, I met I uh, nice Goldie stuff. Hawn was at Gladstone. Really? Oh, I love Goldie Her Hawn. and Kurt would come in, and at that time they had the two young kids with them, uh, three young kids, and it was Oliver, Kate, and then Wyatt was the real, really, really young at the time. Well, they still... They're uh, up at Bighorn. I, I was going to say, they yeah. still reside out here, and they're here full time. I don't know that that's the case, but I do know they're at least here a lot during the winter, for sure. You, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. anyway. Um, well, so I hope they come to a game. You know, Gladstones in the 80s had this thing that no one really ever tried before called a salad bar. <laughs> yeah. Before yeah. Sizzler? Well, they <laughs> before did, Sizzler. Their thing was there was sawdust on the floors, barrels of peanuts, oh. eat the peanuts, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. shells on the floor. On the floor. Yep. 
Rich Richard Reardon, the old, Richard Reardon, the old yeah. um, L.A. mayor, mm-hmm. he bought into it when the original owner sold out. Got rid of the sawdust, got rid of the peanuts, put out white tablecloths and cloth napkins and mm-hmm. stuff, and ruined the place. Right? <laughs> like, seriously. Just, he tried to, he, yeah. the, like the pantry. Yeah, right? Yep. It used to be so great. Yep. And they tried to make it fancy, and they ruined it. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, so I was in restaurants, and so I would come out here. In 85, I worked at the old Rusty Pelican, which is where the remnants of the Tilted Kilt is. It was that building. Okay. Uh, worked there, came back again in like 91. Um, during the L.A. riots, I was out here. Really? Working at the old Elephant Bar, which is now uh, Lucy and Ricky's or whatever that place so, is. Oh, uh, Baba yeah, Baba Lou's. Yeah, okay. yeah. Had um, some fun at the Elephant Bar back in the day. Yeah, see? Yeah. Then um, I had moved to St. Cloud, Minnesota, was dating a young lady who wanted to be in TV news. And it was one of those things I'd never even considered. I mean, those are... You, so no one ever told you you had the voice? No. no? Personality, no. voice, none yeah. of that. No, I mean, like... you use that in waiting tables, right? Because sure. you're selling yourself as much as anything. Sure. Yep. But nobody ever said, you know, son, you should get into TV news. Um, and so I came out here with the girl. She, like, did it one time, hated it, knew she was never going to go back. But I'd known Karen Devine from her senior year at Cal State Fullerton because I was working at a restaurant across the street from Cal State Fullerton. And so I literally walked into Karen's office one day in like summer 96 or something. And uh, I mean, she was 25 year old news director, main anchor at KMIR, still with the original owners who had started it in 68, this old couple. Um, And I sat down in her office. I said, I think I want to try, you know, doing TV news. Well, what made you make that jump? I don't know. I knew Karen. The girlfriend didn't like it. But there's something about it you liked. I don't know. I was tending bar at 32, and uh-huh. I was just like, this wasn't the plan. Yeah. You know, I'm at a country club. You know, these guys are all retired, and they golf, and then they start drinking. I was like, Gino, have a drink with us. So I'd have a drink with them. I'm going home at 3 o'clock in the afternoon hammered every day. Yep. You know, and I'm like, this, okay, this wasn't this can't the plan. Be it. Yeah. yeah. This, so Karen I, I looked at- I haven't heard the downside. What was the downside? <laughs> <laughs> ever There's getting down- anything done, ever. <laughs> anything after, um, yeah, yeah, that yeah. time. Yeah, nothing good happens after. And so Karen looked at me, and she's like, well, what do you want to do? I'm like, I don't know. So she goes, well, do you want to just come on in and see what you think? And literally, I'm a 32-year-old intern at that point. Yep. Just ripping scripts, which is what we used to do to separate the four copies for each of the anchors before, you know, the printers we have today, dot matrix printers. Um, and at one point, she called me up, and she said, we've got a weekend weather spot opening up. I think you'd be great at it. No kidding. And me, because I'm the smartest guy in town, went, no, no, no. The weather dork? No, I'm not. I'm not doing that. No way. And I hung up the phone, and I'll never forget. The same girlfriend's looking at me, and she's like, "Can I swear?" Yeah, it's podcast. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, absolutely. She's like, "You're the dumbest son of a bitch I've ever met." Really? I'm like, "What?" She goes, "You know those boxes and boxes of tapes that Karen has in her office? All these people that have gone to school for it, worked on on TV news stations in their high school and their college, and they're begging yeah. to get any job, and let alone an no anchor job." Yeah, you're too <laughs> you're too cool for that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So I, of course, immediately called Karen back, and she goes, "Yeah, I thought you'd call back." So <laughs> she was probably waiting, smart, waiting at the yeah, waiting by the just, phone. She was just like smart she lady knew. that uh, yeah. that you were. What a break for me though. But again, dumb luck, right? I'm well, not qualified for this at all. I suppose. I've done very little to actually earn it. Karen saw something she thought would translate well, especially with weather, because, you know, where it's all personality. Yeah. When you're going weeks at a time where the variations in temperatures are 
one degree hotter or two degrees cooler. You, you know? gotta have you gotta yeah. fluff it up. Was yeah. that were those green screen days, or did you have like a monitor behind we you back had, then? We had a blue screen because uh, Mr. Conti, the owner of the station, had come from Hollywood. He was an old TV guy. Talk about a guy with a voice, and he, you know, he knew from blue screen because that's what they did in movies. Mm. Yeah. So I was like the only weather guy in America who couldn't wear blue anything. <laughs> that's you know. <laughs> So, yeah, but it started out with a blue wall. And then by the time I finished the first show, which was awful, just awful. Yeah, how was the first one for you? I mean, you go from not having that experience. Mm -hmm. I know you probably have confidence because you're. No, scared to death. Yeah, how was that day? So back then, okay, you have to understand, when I started in 96, KMIR was Monday through Friday, 6 and 11. No five, That's it? No 5. No morning show. So it's, no weekends. We're doing it. We went dark at 11.30 Friday night. We weren't back on the air until 6 o'clock Monday. I mean. That's true. And this is no internet, no, no social media. Oh, yeah. I mean. So it was. So the reason that they, the spot opened up was they were going to expand to weekends. And uh, so we did one 6 o'clock show. But Karen had a full crew. Two anchors, sports guy, weather guy, you know, uh, two reporters going out, oh, photographers. God. I mean, you know. So. We went on at six, so of course I arrived at the station at like eight in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> you want to prepare? Yeah. And all I did was I, I, I built the maps because we didn't have a weather system. You got the maps off the AP feed, right? Which was just like a movie national map and then regions of the country. And yeah, Old I had like school, six man. maps. And you had to just figure out how to do it on your just. Yeah. And you just watched. No the, YouTube to, to check. No. I did have the weather channel. So I would watch the guys on the Weather Channel. So you try to pick up the vernacular and stuff. You like practice that. in your living room. Living room. I lapped. I, I just like I'd sit at my desk and I'd pace around the building, stop, do a weather run through, go sit down, pace around the building oh, all day, all day. So by the time I got to the set at like five forty-five, my hair's all flat from the flop sweat. Yeah, whatever makeup I put on it was long in my collar at this point. <laughs> And I mean, I couldn't get the tongue off the roof, roof of my mouth to talk. Is there tape of this somewhere? No, thankfully. How sweaty were your hands? Uh, everything was sweaty. I mean, I was head to toe sweaty. Yeah. And, <laughs> but I will tell you, when I sat back down, so you start at the desk, go over, do the thing. Terrible. It was just awful. But as soon as I sat back down, I knew. I said, okay, this is it. You, you knew. Really? Yeah, I, yeah, I knew. I'm like, okay. And then you just work on getting better. Right? Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, like the next day, no wireless mics then. So the next day, my cable got caught on the chair. Oh, I'll never man. The anchor, uh, Contessa Brewer, diving across trying to get me. Trying to free uh, up. Free me from the chair. No kidding. Yeah. So that was the second show. So After that, things got a little better. How long did it take you to figure out how and where to point at a blank wall? It, like that stuns me when I find yeah. out. Yeah. Well, they're looking. You're looking at a monitor, like I'm looking at Dave, like, and then you're pointing you're over like, here like and doing this thing yeah. and having to. There's a monitor on each side, a monitor below the camera, but also the camera itself is a mirror reflection of you. Oh, very so cool. So once you get comfortable yeah. with where things are and where, more importantly, you should be, mm -hmm. um, then you just kind of get into this thing where the maps are almost really there. That's kind cool. of in your mind's eye. It's, you, it's you sort just of naturally there. know. But, and yeah. you, but you made the maps, right? You had to yeah. pull them from the feed and do them yourself? Well, not make them. I literally took video from the feed and then gave it to the guys in the control room with them, you know, projected it behind me. Um, 
But yeah, you just you get into to the point where once you're so comfortable that you're not staring at the monitor mm-hmm. and then staring at the monitor, where it's just like back and forth, pretty soon having a conversation. Yeah, and pretty soon everything. When did you get conversational? When you felt that rhythm and that groove? When you just weren't thinking anymore? It was a while. Yeah. To get fully comfortable, to where you know, first it's nervous, you know, then you get you know maybe it's just a little more anxious, and that's kind of exciting because oh I'm on TV, and then you get to the point where. And I can say this in all honesty, by the last 20 years of my career, the place I was most comfortable in life was on that new set. So, Graham, I'm glad we're leading into that because, you know, at what point did we go from just giving us the weather to to then now we're going to do news? And you didn't just do news. I mean, you were you in your career really started to move up but i mean when did you first start getting um, into the news and how did yeah you- so what happened was i did i did seven years after a year we started the morning show went to the morning show and the morning show gave me the opportunity to do interviews okay i was working with mostly susan Hendricks, who's been at cnn now for like 20 years and um she would do the serious interview um you know a newsmaker politics or something like that and i would do somebody in from the local theater you know, somebody doing more play stuff and, and stuff that was a little lighter. And I found I really enjoyed that. Okay. So that allowed me to expand in that. Also, you know, bring out more personality and stuff. And I have a lot of varied interests. I can talk to anybody about anything for five minutes. I believe know, it. Which is what those were. Ooh, you know? I believe it. I get fake interest in anything for five <laughs> minutes. Yeah. Um, but no, but then you, know, you get to meet everybody in town. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody that's doing things that are interesting. And so I like that. But after seven years... Um, they decided not to renew my contract. Okay. Can you believe it? Um, and so for three years in between, for a year I did radio with Casey Dolan on the old M99.5. It's an alternative rock station. Casey had a morning show. He was the only one who called me when I was um, unceremoniously not re-signed. What did you do on the radio? Uh, morning drive. So Casey would come up with, stuff to talk about and we would just literally shoot the shit you know do what morning drive does Mm -hmm. not a lot of whistles and whoopee cushions or things like that but um you try to stay topical light yeah you know for morning drive time stuff and then after about a year of that cbs had opened because keep in mind that back then there was just the two channels it was 36 and 43 42 36 and 42 ksq and kmir um but then the houston's came along started up cbs and I was there a little over a year. About two or three new news directors at KMIR had come and gone in that three-year period. And so the new news director said, why is our morning show crappy? And they're like, well, because they got rid of Gino. He goes, where is he now? And they go, well, he's over at CBS. It's like, well, can we get him back? Really? And so now they're fighting over you. Love that. Nice, right? You got to love, love that. that. So <laughs> one minute, nobody's calling. Next minute, everybody wants, yeah. wants you back. So he, we have a lunch you know, like you do. And he says, uh, would you be interested in coming back? I'm like, yeah, sure. What are we talking about? And he says, well, you know, we want to start this. We're going to pay you that, blah, blah, blah. I go, okay, well, what are you going to do with the uh, weather guy? He goes, what do you mean? I go, well, you already have a morning weather guy. He goes, he'll still be there. And I'm like, well, what, what, will I, what will I be doing? He goes, well, you're anchoring. <laughs> like, so you didn't even know. No. You're negotiating. I assumed he was bringing me back for the same position that I had when I left. So they're bringing you in to be uh-huh. the guy doing the anchor. And it never read a teleprompter other than Holy cow. some you know, little things. How old are you when, when all this is happening in your world? 40. 
It's amazing what happens at that age. Or, oh, I've, I've noticed it's this. even older. I was 42. I'd had my really? first kid at this point. Yeah. Your first kid at 42? Yeah, yeah. I didn't get around to, you know, I was in college for 12 years. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't get married until <laughs> I was 40. First kid at 42. Second kid at 50. Okay. We're pretty sure we're done now. You sure? <laughs> you know, Charlie you Chaplin sure? went into his 90s, so, uh, yeah. you know. <laughs> wow. Saying. Wow. When was the first time you got recognized out in public? Oh, I don't. I mean, do do you have that you recollection remember? of the first time of like? No. Why are you like? Is back when you're doing the weather or? Well, it would have been sure. Probably around yeah, that time I'm frame. I'm sure. Um, I just I was always really flattered by it. It's kind of a bizarre feeling, isn't it? That strangers know your name. They 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 will call your name, and you have to, you turn and look, and you're like you just and it's, you know that they know you. I was you, but. always so flattered by it that. I mean, it never bothered me. I'm not more right. of no, like, oh. No. I mean, you do tend to look a little better when you go to the grocery store in the morning. Uh, <laughs> That's fair. Um, but, you know, you also start to realize, too, I mean, it's wonderful that people recognize yeah. you. And it's you, great that they watch you and they like you. And, and, you know, very rarely does anybody come up to me and go, you know, you're a real asshole. I well, won't that, watch I'm that glad channel. That does, I'm glad it doesn't <laughs> happen. People do that, that to me all the time. You leave. It's happened, yeah. but it's, it's mostly people are really, well, really nice. Yeah, if people are coming up and saying hi, then clearly you're resonating yeah. and you're doing something good. Right. Yeah. But then you also realize, too, and this is how you keep things sort of in check as far as ego goes, is that nobody measures their life by their local TV anchors. That's true. I have been on the morning show since 2010. Hmm. And to this day, I will get somebody to come up and go, oh, Gino, watch you every morning. Like, no, you don't. <laughs> I haven't been on the morning show since 2010. I've been at the station Sorry, in but... 18 months. <laughs> but that's when you realize. I mean, yeah. they've seen you. They may have watched you a little bit. But they're not living their lives based right. around, you know, the morning, right. you know, anchor or whatever. So that kind of, you know, any ego that might come along from being recognized is sort of quickly leveled out when they go, love you in the morning. And you're like, you're oh, like, okay, this is not. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're, you've done your thing, you, you're, you are, what, semi-retired, I'm not going to do my thing, and now the Firebirds come calling. How did that happen? It overlapped more than that. Um, I was running out of gas. The last three years, they had made me news director, um, and that was seven days a week, eight in the morning until, really, they were off the air at 11.30, and it was COVID had hit. And so they're slashing staff and you're covering the biggest story of our lifetime, at least up until that point. But it was the same story every night. Oh, every night, night after night. After, and it just and it was just so awful because you, you guys remember that first year. Yeah. yeah. Every day the death tolls going yeah. up. It's getting worse. Well, and the fear factor oh, and yeah. all of that. We were terrified. We're talking to doctors. Um, someone some that came to us really early, like before it had gone national, before the president had said anything about it. And he was like, this is coming. It's going to be the, bad. The shutdown. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he said at least a million people was what we were told. And I'm talking October of 2019 or mm. 2019, maybe. But it was yeah. really, really early. We had this amazing do local doctor. He's an epidemiologist. And he, he was predicting. He knew this was coming. He saw really? it. They were already seen into the hospital. And he goes, this one's going to be bad. Wow. This is going to be Spanish flu 1919 times 10, which is almost exactly what it was. Well, that's, yeah. And we compared it to that. For yeah. Sure. So, and then, I mean, the truth is, again, more dumb luck in my career. This, the arena story starting to break. 
Now, we actually, it's interesting about the arena story, is we broke a story two years before that where a local football coach that has a, um, a semi-pro team out here. There's a semi-pro team out here? Exactly. There was. He'd come to me and said, I put together a deal with some people in Texas, and we're going to put up a football stadium right where the arena sits today. Really? He was working with the Burger Foundation. There was, it was going to be a religious retreat place, so a hotel, um, a big like church, and then football for that team and then local high schools that may want to use it. I vaguely remember something I got about nothing. that. This was going to be a huge, huge thing. And then all of a sudden, it stopped being a football thing. And it was going to be downtown. Do you remember this part? I do. Yep. Okay, so now yep. the casino's involved rather than the Burger Foundation. The Texas money, whatever that was, was gone at this point. And this is the first time I'm starting to hear the name Tim Liewicki. Okay, well, I've been around long enough to know who this guy is. I'm like, okay, yeah, Liewicki's the real deal, right? I now mean, he's serious. got two dozen stadiums across the country yeah. and actually all over the world at that point. And he's opened you know, another dozen since. So you start hearing the name Liwicky, and you're like, all right, all right, this is getting serious. The downtown thing, it was fascinating because so much of sports is doing that, right? They're going back into the cities mm-hmm. because yeah. way out in the suburbs, it gets to be too far, and people don't want to drive. And yeah. Bring it back downtown where I can have dinner and go to my favorite bar and then walk over and see the game and then yep. walk back. And I thought – but where it was going to go on Indian land there, yeah. it was one-lane roads on all four sides. Okay. They had no place to park. Yeah, and they had no plans because the rules are different when it's tribal land, right? That's right. So I was like, and I was, I was good friends with J.R. Roberts in the city, and he's like, the city was all for it, but they were going to have to build a parking structure maybe a block or two oh, away man, on city land, right? But a, even a really big parking structure is what? 2,000 parking spots? Yeah. Three if it's massive? Yeah. And we need 20? Yeah. <laughs> you know? At least. You know? Yeah. So uh, they had 20, but well, we, we needed a lot. 10, well, uh, 15 yeah. at least. I right. mean, with people work there. and the, you know. So, um, and then it was like, okay, and then that got a little dicey. Then suddenly, and I don't know how it happened, but Oakview Group, which is Tim Liewicki, and Burger Foundation found each other. And that's when everything sort of fell into place. My dumb luck came along as it was, they were you know, doing the groundbreakings and stuff, and the name had been released, and the logo is so amazing. Oh, it's and great. And the color scheme, and then you, the Kraken at this point are coming out, right? Yep. Yep. And they, everything they're doing is awesome, and you're like, okay, this they- is going to be unbelievable. So I said on air one night, just you know, going into commercial or coming out of the store, I said, and you're not really supposed to do this as a news anchor, but this is part of what I did. I said, I don't know about anybody else, but I am really excited about this. Really? I think this is going to be awesome. And it was just kind of a throwaway line after story. Sure. You know, coming up next, Mike's in with the weather, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, it was literally just a throwaway. Todd Liewicki, Tim's brother and business partner, was watching that night. And it turned out <laughs> that the two of them would watch us a lot when they were in town because they both have places mm-hmm. here. I get an email before I'm off the set from Todd Liewicki. That's no amazing. Yeah. Wow. He's like, heard you on air tonight. Any chance you'd be interested in talking to me, getting to know each other? Let's have lunch. And I'm like, yeah, okay. So he's like, well, what are you going to do? I said, you know, dude, I'm 60 years old, I'm 25 years here. I mean, I was fine. I could have done more, I said, but 
I'd like to be involved in this. If, I, if there's something I could do, he goes, <laughs> this is so typical Todd. He's like, he's like, well, why don't we broadcast some games? I go, that would be amazing. Absolutely. I go, I go, I go you know, I can't do play-by-play. He goes, no, 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 we got a play-by-play guy. I go, pre-show, intermissions, let's do it. He goes, all right. So we started talking about, you know, um, negotiating a price. And I mean, I knew it was going to be a cut in pay. Yeah. But, you know, I'm Who doing cares? anchor and news director. But it, again, it, you know, I'm 60 at this point. Yeah. You know, this is my, I got one run left in me and this is it. This is a good run. Yeah. It's... And so they, uh, so they hire me. I wrap things up with NBC. And the, the truth is I was the last one of the generation that was making a decent living. Mm-hmm. So they were one very generous, they were very kind, and they couldn't get my salary off the payroll fast enough. Really? So it was very mutually beneficial for sure. So it was good for everybody. It was good for everybody. And then I sort of landed in the old um, offices off Cook Street there. And well, it turns out they hadn't really, I mean, they told the president I was coming, <laughs> but they hadn't really said what I was going to be doing until we opened the place in December. And as far as budget for actually broadcasting games, which is quite a lot. I know? would think, yeah. yes. So yeah. there was some, you know, like any brand new organization, right? And it wasn't like we we're the only thing these guys are doing, right? They True. got the Kraken going, and they got Manchester going, and they had Brooklyn going, and they had Baltimore going. They had Holy Austin, cow. Texas going. And so... You know, we were one of a dozen things that these guys were doing, so they weren't going to be bothered with every little detail other than we want to put some of these games on local TV. Make, Make it, it happen. happen. Yep. Do you have a budget for this? Now nah, you'll figure it out. Love it. Yeah. Don't and want so, labor pains, just, just babies. And I am literally was building, and to this day, I'm building rundowns. Now, when you build a rundown in a TV studio, it's on something called iNews or a system like that where you put in a slug for the story, then you literally attach the video to the rundown itself, and then any lower thirds you want as far as, you know, Bob Stevens, Witness, or something like that, you know, that goes in the bottom third. You put all that in yourself, and then it all just gets transmitted to the control room so the guys can put it on TV by hitting buttons. Well, we don't have anything like that. So I had to take a spreadsheet and build a rundown. <laughs> just, I'm going to be on camera here. Me and Grant. Take a one shot of Grant. So you're you're yeah. you're running you're, you're mapping I, it out I, I, for oh these yeah. guys. I'm producing this thing top to bottom. Really? Oh yeah. Oh my and god. It sounds like directing. No, no. There's actually <laughs> <laughs> they hire a production truck, and this year we've got a terrific truck. It costs us double what it did last year, but it's just going to be so worth it. And you guys are never going to see it on TV because you're at all the home games. But yeah. um, the production value is just it's, well, it's I mean, like I, I'll be honest with you. I, I watched the first one. It was like watching NHL coverage. Really, it really was. They got ten cameras around there. The lighting's you perfect. Can, you can Ice tell mics. the difference. I've watched home games when I'm traveling and I can't come, and I watch it. Yeah. It's, it's not like watching Tucson or Iowa or yeah. Bakersfield or any of the other. Yeah, like it's incredible because yeah. you could watch all the other games on AHL TV and yep. you get what you expect for you know streaming. Yeah. Usually one camera, maybe two, maybe two. I mean, these guys, it's just, it's tremendous. So they're doing a, a great job. But you had to set all that up? Yeah, yeah. Brand new organization. I, I, I guess I never gave it any thought, but yeah. that, I never knew. Like, I thought, you know, they had Gino, it Gino all. shows up, does his magic, goes yeah. home. You'd think, right? You would think, but I mean, wow. that's, the way, that's the way it should be. But uh, well, no, no. No, because <laughs> no, I tell you what, I like having a certain amount of control. Like, I'm booking guests. And this is where Grant Fuhrer is such a genius catch for me. I mean, I had met Grant at the Albertsons on Country Club and Monterey. 
Yep, I know. You're walking down the aisle, yeah. and only in this town, right? Right. Yeah. You look up. Oh, here comes Grant Pure for Christ's sakes. You yeah, know? I'm like, hey. you throw something if you can catch it. No, I just <laughs> I walk up to him. I can say, "Hi, Grant. I'm Gina Lamont." Thankfully, his wife Lisa actually knew who I was. Yeah. yeah, she's awesome. He acted like he did, and I'm not sure if I've ever really asked him. I don't think he had. Any oh, that's idea. even better. <laughs> I don't think he had any idea. That's even but better. He was, but he's Grant Pure. He's going to be very yeah. nice. Yeah. He's used to people coming up to he's him a all sweetheart. his life. Yeah, but you know, this has been going on since the guy was 18. He's used to people going up to him and yeah. knowing who he is. So we just started talking, we talked about golf, and then we had to play around a couple of times, and I'd see him at celebrity events and stuff. So when this started happening, early on when I was talking to Todd Lywicki, um, I, I reached out to Grant. I said, look it, we might be broadcasting some of these games. I don't know if we're going to do all the home games, some of the home games, just a few, whatever. I said, would you at all be interested in being my co-host? He was like, yeah. Was he already set up with Ev at that point? No, or? no, he had never met Evan. None of us had met Evan at that point. So none of that had taken place no. yet, but yet, okay, so your counterpart wasn't in place yet when they asked you to do your... your they didn't even think about it. Didn't know there was going to be so a So then you're telling probably. me... Exactly right. You're telling me, if I understand this correctly, yeah. you were able to get Grant to come on and be your counterpart by a run-in at Albertsons. Well, it was five years after the run-in at Albertsons. Okay. But... Yeah, I mean, it was nothing more That's the guy. for that five you years. Knew. It was CMA golf tournaments. And you're like, I, well, you, it's Grant Fuhr. Understood. I mean, how many hockey hall of famers do you think we got running around the valley? One. Yeah, well, yeah. There's a, there might be some others that come <laughs> in and out. But yeah. yeah, no, my first thought was I'll, I'll see if Grant will co-host smart. with me. That's so smart. I mean, I got 56 minutes to fill for every game. But he, I need somebody that knows everything about he, hockey. Uh, is, this was his first go at it last year's season two, right? Broadcasting. Yeah. He, he talked about. I, well, I, have him. you guys ever seen clips of his postgame interviews during his heyday in Edmonton in the 80s? Not really, no. If you got three consecutive words out of the guy, you just walk away because that's as good as it's going to get. <laughs> yeah, he's not. A... He, he made grunting sounds. Okay. Monosyllabic answers. <laughs> Grant Fuhr, and I, I love you, Grant, but you know this is true, was the single worst interview in all of hockey. So then how do we get him into broadcasting and being the... Because the he didn't color? just win or lose a game. Maybe. To talk Maybe. about. He can yeah. talk about somebody else's game. Right, yeah. but to do that and be... Because I ran into him after the last meet and greet this, this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he was out there, met his wife. He's so gracious. And because and, we had met last season before. Yeah. And, you know, we interacted a little bit. But um, I had asked him about that. I said, well, you know, how are you doing this season? And how was it last year? And he was, he was like... You know, I still don't know what I'm doing here. And, yeah, I I, you know, he, yeah, a little of this is, uh, <laughs> yeah, one, he's getting really good. He, he is. <laughs> yeah. Um, he wanted in on this as bad as I did. OK. Um, he loves hockey, obviously. He was playing golf and, you know, anybody that, that goes from playing golf, you know, outside their, you know, profession to all the freaking time. Yeah. You know, you get to a point where, you know, enough is enough. enough. Yeah. yeah. And so it was hockey. It was coming here to which yeah. is now his hometown for 13 years. He loves it here. He wanted in on it. He wanted to be a part of it. He was making himself available for virtually anything we asked. Before we opened, we were doing all those events, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, here comes the jersey. Here mm-hmm. comes the logo. Yep. Meet Fuego. Oh, good. The bird's here. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about that in a little bit <laughs> because fine. there's something there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so... Y- when I asked him, and he said yes almost as fast as I had said, did he yes really? To I was going to ask him. Like, yeah, I, I, mean, yeah. I go, well, he we need. It. I said, how much money? He goes, uh, we'll worry about that later. Okay, so 
Yeah, no. And the thing about Grant Fear, what it does for not only me personally, but also the organization, is instant credibility. Yeah, absolutely. Because now you get Gretzky, who stops by first season. How many minor league hockey teams do you suppose Gretzky went that, to last we year? We were all trying we were to shocked. figure out yeah. what he was doing there. Yeah. Well, well, he thought how, he got lost. Get, I yeah. thought he got lost, and he found the arena and yeah. was like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. That was crazy. Right. So we get you get Gretzky. Um, I have spoken to, well, we got our people, right? So you got Ron Francis, Hockey Hall of Famer. Um, we had Oli the goalie, <laughs> um, Olaf Kolzig, who was um, an all-star goalie for the Capitals. He was in last year. But Grant knows all these guys. Yeah. And he's like, oh, look at Mike Barnett from the Rangers is coming. Do you want to talk to him? I'm like, yeah. yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah. Um, and then, of course, his golf tournament, too. Yeah. So Bo Jackson. It's a big draw. I, my job one night during the playoffs, it was – one of those non-broadcast nights in early in the playoffs mm-hmm. was during his golf tournament, which he raises money for the Betty Ford Center. And my job that night was to babysit Bo Jackson. Not a bad way to spend a night. Right? How, how is Bo? Um, he's really an impressive guy. He's got like 10 businesses going. Bo and knows. Bo knows. Bo knows business. Bo knows for sure. Yeah. The guy's a stud. Yeah. He's the real deal. I, I hear he's a really super nice guy, and too. And at that point, John Hayden and Andrew Podorowski were still injured. So they were in street clothes that night. And so I had camped Bo in uh, Tim Liewicki's suite. And uh, I went and found those two guys. I go, you guys want to meet Bo Jackson? They're like, oh, yeah. So, they knew who he was? Every, everybody knows everybody who Bo knows Jackson who is. is. Yeah. So I took those two guys over. And then now Bo's giving lectures. Stay away from the drugs and the women. Nice. And the, and these, these guys are like two of the most mature, yeah. non-partying guys on the team. And they're just like, you know, soaking it in. Yes, Talk sir. to me, Bo. Talk to me. Yes, sir. Yeah. That's got to be It was great. So, um, but that's what Grant Fear brings, right? Instant credibility for me, I think for the organization. Suddenly, um, TSN, right? Uh, Toronto Sports Network mm-hmm. sending out Christine, um, their top journalist for the last 30 years, Christine Simpson, Craig Simpson's sister. Craig Simpson, of course, played with Grant, so oh, he's man. known her since she was 15 or something. So she comes out with a whole crew from Toronto to do a story about Grant Fuhr doing play-by- or doing color commentary and hosting an in-studio show. The last guy on planet Earth anybody thought would be doing this. For and an so NHL that's a whole team. feature. NHL.com's out wow. here. They want to talk to Grant Fuhr. We get an national and international coverage because Grant Fuhr is a part of this. And if you think I'm not riding his coattails well, just as far as they're going right? to take me, you're wrong because I absolutely am going to <laughs> do that. It's a long trip I from the weather wall. Yes. That's the, the cool part about your partnership in that is yeah. because you're bringing credibility from your background and people know you here. And then so uh, it, and him and I have actually, it's kind of funny um, because our counterbalance is really interesting. So when we started to do this, uh, we have a lot of the similar traits and yet we're very different in a lot of areas and so when i see you guys out there there there's a sense of that as well i mean even obviously personality wise but again what he's bringing to the table what you're bringing to the table and then yet when you sit together it works well the thing that that i try to do because i know hockey pretty well i grew up in hockey all my family's from north did you play I did play. We lived in Chicago for a couple of years. I was the kid from California. I had all the, the catcher's gear because I played Little League <laughs> Baseball. I mean, it, yeah. we weren't kids that had gear. It wasn't right. that kind of neighborhood. So you were like Goldberg the goalie. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. not kidding. Yeah. And so they go, oh, you got catcher's gear? Okay, you're the goalie. That I couldn't skate. So mm. I, I played on frozen ponds. Oh, wow. Just outside Chicago. 
wearing catcher's gear. Oh, my word. So, but like my grandfather coached Legion. Both my uncles went to college and hockey scholarships. So you know hockey. Yeah, my, it's just my parents got the hell out of North Dakota, and Sorry. I was born in Anaheim. But you okay. went to St. Cloud. That's a, a hockey school. Oh, yeah. like big a hockey. Big town. boy hockey Those school. are great games, too. St. Cloud State's fun to go watch. But my thing was is, look, the town is brand new to this. Yeah. The fan base is brand new. This Yes, we've got a lot of Canadians, a lot of snowbirds coming in from the Northeast and the Northern Plains, but a lot of our audience isn't going to know. And here's there's a great story. Um, something that's considered sort of poor form that we still do, but we stop caring, is <laughs> booing, like booing when the other team scores. Oh, okay? yeah. That's actually considered poor form. Really? The Canadian's very polite. You know, you've nicest heard, people. Yeah, you, you've scored but, on us. We're not going to boo. We're not going to you know, be happy about it, but we're not going to. But well, we're we, booing. We do. Right. Yeah. So the first time the other team scored on Joey, he thought we were booing him. Oh, oh yeah, I could no. see that. No, I could see that. And so Joey said to me, he goes, are they going to boo every time I give up a goal? I go, what are you talking about? He goes, they were booing me after I gave the goal. I go, no, no, Joey, Joey, Joey. They were no. booing the fact yes. that a goal had been scored against us. Yes. <laughs> it's not no, you. No, we don't hate you. It's not so you. what I try to do is ask questions, and some of them very, very basic, especially the first season and the first few broadcasts, mm-hmm. real basic, basic questions. Tee it up for Grant. Let him knock it out of the park. I don't need to be the smart hockey guy. I'm not competing with a guy that's been on skates since he was four. Right. Right? Who's played at the highest level. Yeah. Right? I'm not going to try to act like I'm as smart as he is about hockey. Stay in your lane. He knows everybody. He knows everything. You can ask him about an ECNL goalie, some kid that's 17, just you know, still in high school. He knows about him. Man. He's done background searches on him. He's checked this kid out to see what he's got. He's watched film. I don't need to compete with that. And, and it'd be ludicrous if I even tried, right? right? So a lot of it is me teeing him up. You know, my thing is, is to keep the, the show on time, on yep. the tracks, right? Yep. And then just teeing up Grant. Beautiful. Let, well, let you him. do a great job with it. I mean, again, watching, you know, I've seen you guys on TV doing what you do. Um, I was fortunate to sit with you guys. And yeah, that, yeah, was, was fun. that was a fun experience. That blew my mind, by the way. That, the that, time goes by fast, doesn't it? It does. I tell you five minutes, you're like, oh, well, that's a long time. And you look up, it's over. Yeah, it was it was a blur. It was a blast, and uh, but to be on that side of it um, was definitely different. But to sit with you guys and have that conversation was it was really fun. Um, and and you do your energy, your your I don't know, just the way you guys are with each other. And then I've watched you interview other people at that table, and yeah, it's it's there's something special there. You guys have a chemistry, you yeah, do, and it works. Yeah, and we're both learning. Grant will tell you, you know, he tries to play it down like I still know what I'm doing. He knows what he's doing. He's very good. He's getting better all the time. It's like everything else in his life, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to keep getting better. He's a competitor. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, but he's had, he had opportunities. He did some in-studio stuff with NHL TV and stuff, but he didn't like it. Okay. it was, I, I think he just, he wasn't ready for it. It was maybe too soon after. What's different career. about this, I wonder? <sighs> I think he was more ready. Just at a mm. point in his life, you know, like, okay, I'm, I'm more comfortable with the idea of doing this. And, you know, we're minor leagues, right? There's, there's a learning. <laughs> Are we, though? Yeah. Well, there's a learning <laughs> yeah. curve for yeah. sure, though. Yeah. Um, like, I still get pissed every time the Kraken take our players. 
<laughs> but you know, but that's well, and the they job. Did, they did that's it recently. I know. We are yes. only foster parents. I know. I know. I know. And I and funny because Troy Bodie, the hockey operations guy for us, I, I happened to be walking past my desk yesterday, right as Ryan Winterton and Shane Wright news yeah. was breaking. And I'm like. God damn it, Troy! Why don't they leave us alone? Right. Well, I know. Yeah, our team's just gelling. We're yeah. we're getting going. So, and he just you know he's very patient with me, like do. so many people are. It's like that's what we're here for. This is what we do. You do know these guys all want to be up there. I yeah. Know. Well, I know they want to be up there, <laughs> but we really want them here. And we've talked with mm. Cole, and we've had Riker in the chair before, and and we keep telling those guys, and I know he does over and over. Yeah. Look, it's it's we love you, man, a lot. But we would rather have you there than here because that's where you want to be. Yeah, yeah, that's like, just not true. We don't want that's Joey just, back. There's no, no. What are you, are you nuts? I do not. I want him to. Be, I, I want to see him <laughs> hoisting the cup. You know, yeah. that's yes. The, believe me, I am sad. I'm with you. The Calder Cup. It will be yeah. so great. Yeah. You can hold no, it with one hand. Um, uh, yes, of course, that's absolutely true. Yeah, and it's really it fun hurts. now to watch Kraken games. Yes, it is. And we see our guys. Yes, and that's the joy. Um, it was funny because. Being from the area, you know, I'm from, obviously uh, I've talked about that, but being from that area and then to have that connection and then here I am sitting here and I'm sitting where we sit in our section 106, shout out to 106, we uh, watch them play at our arena and then now to watch them where they're at and there's a sense of pride. I don't. You had Riker Evans on your show? Yeah. Yes. Okay, you're going to see Riker Evans in Seattle. Oh, we agree. Oh, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. yeah, we talked repeatedly. Uh, Riker, Cole, Kale. We're, we're, we're yeah. not getting attached. We had, uh, so, you know Tim O'Brien. Yeah. yeah. He was recently a guest on our show. He, he said, took my chair. When I left NBC, he's in my chair. He's a good Actually, guy. Actually, they flop swats. He's a good guy. But he's, he's a, Tim's great. Tim's great. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Was, he was great with us. He's great here. He's great at the arena. Well, and that's the thing, too. You know, you, you start to find out. One, what I really enjoyed last year was the things I never thought about when I went into an arena. I'm meeting the people that do the work. Like last year, we had a young lady named Kristen Thompson who was doing all the in-house stuff, right? I've been to 100, 200 games in arenas and stadiums. Never gave one thought to who was putting together the pregame Kristen's show. Kristen's great. Yeah, she who's doing the ribbons? Who's doing yeah. the, the in-between? Never gave it a thought. Yeah. And now I see this person running around, and we've got a new guy this year who's just amazing. Yeah. What's his name? Ron. 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 Yeah. Okay, shout out Ron. Yes, production's amazing amazing he's, yeah and every game he's getting better absolutely he, and every time he says how was it tonight you go you got to play country roads you got to play ring of fire yep. there's certain good things job. that these guys good job yeah can but i make you a, got a time country you. roads you can't do to it when the puck break. drops well, for so the we chorus can, we got to finish out the course well we, here's yeah. the thing so you can't do it in a regular break it has no. to be, has to be uh, one of the tv timeouts yep, that's right which are which are a minute 40 okay Right, and then you can get well into the song so that we can finish it after the puck is dropped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's, he's, there's a timing factor yeah. to it. We talked yeah, about you gotta, that. You yeah, time it just if you for, try to squeeze it in in a regular uh, stop and play, no. you don't get far enough into the song. No, that's no, right. No, right. No, not at all. So we're learning, Ron. Good yeah. job, though. But that is unique to us. You know that, right? Of I mean, course, we yeah. talked about it. The finishing the show. of the song. I don't know that anybody's ever seen any arena do that. And it, was an an it was an accident. It started by accident. So that was the thing is we were there, and then the night that happened, and, I mean, the, it blew it our was, minds. It who was it? It might have been Kristen or who, whoever was the, 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 the director, right? The, yeah, the Kristen, product. Kristen at the She's, time. Well, play whatever. They, they chose. They had, like, they, two they or three had, songs to choose from. Yeah. It's not like, just pick that one. And they played it, and it just happened to end right uh, the, 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 for the chorus. Yep. 
um, when the puck dropped and the whole arena, and then that we, was we finished set it. In stone. And then Jason Hernandez was our very first guest, and he had talked about that moment as well because it's, yeah. it, it became part of our culture. And he said we started scoring after that, and he thought that's our good luck charm. So then now from now on, we were going to play that song every single game. And, of course, the arena picked up on it. We had another fan on here, <laughs> Rob, so, Rob Kelly. It's I so, mean, We have so many stupid superstitions. Yeah. Yeah, that's been, hockey, though. That's no, and, hockey. Oh, and we man. grabbed it fast. There is a young lady who works there named Rebecca who does all our social stuff. Oh, yeah, Becky's great. Yeah. So last year when the playoff starts, she has fully loaded tater tots before the game. We win the game. So we're like, you got to get them again. Fully loaded. Okay. Well, you know, we won like 19 postseason games. Because. <laughs> girl's eating That's fully a lot loaded. of carbs. I mean, yeah. by, by the last half dozen games, she's, she's just like, she's choking them down. She's done with but it. She but she has to. Yep. yep. She, she knows she has to eat them. Well, and it's weird because <laughs> um, I think it was maybe game two. I was not in my seat. No, I had sat next to uh, – I, I gave my seat up to, for my buddy because they were in town from Washington. They, I had her sitting in my seat. And we went down like two to three goals. And no yeah, joke. I'm, I'm getting nervous. And, I'm, and she sees a look on my face, and she looks over at me. And she goes, do you, want, do you want to sit in your seat? And I said, I kind of do because I got really just superstitious. I yeah, sit yeah. in my seat, so it's 12, which is great. I sit. 30 seconds go by. We score. Another like maybe minute goes by. We score again. No joke. Our entire section says, Kyle, you will never Ever. move again. Ever. And I have to oh, be in that seat. Oh, he showed up at the wrong suit one night and we lost. Hold on, Bill. Before you start going down <laughs> so that path. So that was your fault? No. Yes. That was not the it blue was. suit fault. That was, not the, suit. that was not the blue suit fault, okay? <laughs> it just happened. We won last night, and I was wearing the blue suit. It's a different season. New Understood. Season. The blue suit's a loser? No. Oh, no only, no. only in the playoffs and only last season. Not it's true. It's all fresh late Not now. true. All right. Okay. The, I do have a more winning record with the orange suit, though. There is that factor. All That's right. true. This is something I've come to realize because, like, if we lost in the playoffs, I wouldn't wear that shirt again. Or I wouldn't wear the... It turns out that what we're wearing and where we're sitting or what we eat may have little or nothing to do with the outcome of the game. If you say so, man. Yeah. <laughs> so you're now, telling me. I don't have any evidence. That's true. That making sure to pee before each period starts had nothing to do with it. No. No. Not going down to the tunnel and high-fiving the players That's had not nothing true, to do though. with it. They lost every time we went down there. Yeah. That's why we don't go down there no, anymore. We don't go down the tunnel anymore. But that's a new, that was last season. That so last we season. had a superstition around yeah. it each time no, we no. went down. I know. Believe me. I don't know why, but it, we do. We get, and I, we're not the only ones, obviously. Every, no, hockey is a very yeah. superstitious sport. And I only ever played bar league, and I still put all my stuff on the same way, wore the same. Like, it's, it's weird. It's weird. We had Ed Heathouse, who's one of the off-ice officials, played his whole life. Same. same thing. Yep. So, and I'll bet Grant would tell you the same thing. Yep. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, Grant's part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you about. I was checking to make sure Becky was eating her tots every night. What about December 18th? December 18th. The very first game. Very yeah. first home game. You know, what was that like for you? You know, we, you guys were there. Did you broadcast that night? Yeah. Okay. And, you know, that's, that was the, the opening show. Were you nervous that night, and how did you prepare? What was that day and night like for you? When, I mean, we finally had an opportunity to unveil this beautiful arena. Yeah. We finally get to see our home team. The fans finally get to see their team. They get to see – like to talk to the players. They got to see their fans finally because mm -hmm. they've been on the road. They've been yep. in Seattle for so long. What was that like for you, that whole night, that experience? Truth be told on this um, – 
the production company we had last year again we didn't realize the difference in the quality between say 10 grand a game and 20 grand a game mm -hmm. i mean you, you would think well of course it's better but i don't think we realized how much better okay factor of 10 grand right so i mean my whole career i mean that station's been there as long as i've been around you know so the cameras were just there the mics were just there mm -hmm. the lights were just there they just were sure, you don't think yeah, about it not my thing right right so when you're producing a show like that and there's issues so-and-so's mic's not working i can't hear the director i can't hear the producer i can hear grant but grant can't hear me i can hear evan but evan can't hear grant mm. um so what happens is on air it looked okay because i've had to get through technical problems before you just you know you just keep going yeah you, it's not like you, you can't stop you can't stop and the worst thing you do is go yeah I, i'm sorry but i'm not hearing you know no. you can't do unless you, you know in commercials you can yell yeah. at people and stuff um i i kept pencils around because the photographers were so enamored with what was going on i wasn't getting the camera shots i need so i'm literally like throwing <laughs> no pencils going you know um <laughs> So the first game for me is not a real fond memory. Well, let's get outside the production part of it, though. I mean, what was well, that's it like? my only keep in mind. That's, that's the, true. That was the only thing I was really doing that. That's night. true. I mean, yeah, you spin and watch the game and it was fun. But but you were dialed I, I was in on the most of periods running back and forth. So it was more frustrating than it was. Yeah, it was. It was a struggle that night. OK, um, I watched it several times after the fact and realized it wasn't nearly as bad for the viewing audience as it was for me. But you can see Grant and I, we can't hear the third headset microphone. Oh, so I'm no. interviewing a guest, and I can't hear his answer. Oh, gosh. And any good interviewer, and you guys will, I'm sure, have figured this out by now, a good interviewer has maybe a list of questions or ideas of where they want to go with the interview. Yep. But you don't want to be married to that. Yeah. Your next question will most likely be in his last answer. Mm -hmm. Right? So if you're really listening. Yep. That is your next question. That's right. I couldn't hear them. Oh, man. So I'm just looking to see when their lips stop moving. <laughs> and then you're just going to fire the next question. Yeah, you, and then you have no choice. Off so he could have literally said, oh, you know, I assassinated Kennedy, so I'm sort of really honored <laughs> to be here tonight. And I, I, and I would go like, so what do you think of the new arena? You know, because oh, I, I couldn't hear them. And gosh. so that's, it gets frustrating. It's, it looks fine on TV. Right. Um, but the technical part will make it for a... Yeah, my blood pressure was up pretty high that night. And I, Tim said the same thing because he said his mic kept clipping, and then of course the mariachi band—they had an issue. They, you know, there right. was a few things. Everything was brand new. It was all new. Well, yeah. I mean, but there was, yeah. I mean, it was like we had rehearsals and stuff, but then we found out when, like, all our stuff would work perfectly with the truck and the pre-checks at say two, three o'clock in the afternoon, but then they would fire up all the in-house stuff. And then they're it's all like going tripping. through the same circuit yeah. boards it's about heating up. So our mics would start to drop or mm. IFB would start failing. And so we've had to figure out that they can't wire in the same, I don't know, wherever they plug that stuff in, uh, a place that the in-house stuff does. So, you know, there was some, some times of just trying to figure out what worked and what didn't uh -huh. and what we can do to get around it. So the first couple of them were a little challenging okay as the season went along though and we began to fall in love with our team yeah how did you balance professionally broadcasting a game with being a fan i don't make a lot of bones about the fact this is a hometown broadcast i'm not this is not tbs i'm not going all over the country half our audience is not rooting for the other team right 
I know who's watching. It's Firebirds fans. That's right. And so I'll tell you, Grant and I, after game seven, I had 16 minutes I had to fill while they skated around in the cup, <sighs> while they posed on our ice. Yeah. And you can that hear me. How sickening just, was that? You can hear me and Grant just going, saying things like, this is tough to watch. It's one thing to lose. It's another thing to lose on your home ice. Yeah. And it's another thing to happen. lose three overtime games. The, you know, the, the, there like, are too many tough things about that loss. Yeah. Well, it, it, but here's the truth. And this is hockey, right? <clears throat> three games with Tucson. Five games with Colorado. Yeah. Five games with uh, Wranglers. Calgary, yeah. yeah. Six games with Milwaukee. And then, of course, seven with Hershey. We could have lost at any time. Absolutely. Tucson could have knocked us out in that, that was game insane. three. And which should not, have ha- it should not have gone to game three. No, it shouldn't have. But it's it hockey. It did. It's hockey. And it did. And you're right. So Colorado, many times could have been over. A couple of de- decent bounces. Colorado knocks us out. So the fact that we lost three overtime games in a best-of-seven series because of a lucky bounce here and there wasn't like we – I mean, especially in game seven. Well, we didn't play bad either. I mean, we were in it. We fought. It's not like we didn't show game up. Seven, we were up 2 nothing. Yeah. Torinsky gets a breakaway. He buries that. We're up 3 nothing. It's a whole different that's game. A, that's a different now they have to change the way they're playing, which yeah. will open them up, and the chances are they don't catch us. That's right. But he makes that save. Yep. And as so often is the case, a big save turns yep. into a rally. Yeah. And the next thing you know, it's 2-2. And, and, and one, that's what it one was. bad bounce later, and here yep. we are. I mean, here we are. But I think we've, we've, we've made it clear that nothing bad happened, right? It's, no. It sucks and it's sad, but what a great run. I got to tell you, though, in a weird kind of way, and I know this is horrible to say. Not. I, think it's it's already, I know where it's you're going. Said. Yeah. It's almost better. We've, we've said that. <laughs> because had we done it all the first season – where do you go? No place to go to Where do down, you go? first of all. Exactly. Because we're going to find out how really hard it is to make that five-round gambit into the finals. Right? Yeah. It's not going to happen every year. No. We're going to get knocked out by Tucson in the first best of three round. We're going to get clipped by somebody in the second or third yep. round. It's yep. going to happen. You're right. It's hockey. You're right. And look, if, if Rocky wins in the first movie, there's no sequels. Right. Yeah, where do you exactly. go from there? So, yeah. So, there's no place to go but down. Really left everybody wanting more. Yeah. Um, in, in a strange kind of way. I mean, would I have taken the win? Yeah, of course. Would I like to have a champion's patch on, on my... Oh, would Yes, great. I would have loved it. Sure. But we didn't. And I'm not sure that's the worst thing that could have happened. Yeah, I think we, we made that point. I can't remember if it was Tim or... Or, or everybody that's... Everybody that's sat there. Everybody in the chair was like... Well, well I mean, because you know. it was true. He made a good point about, you know, where do you go from there? And I'm of the mindset like yourself where... Players have to play with a chip on their shoulder. Sure. There has to be that sense of urgency somewhere. And not to say that the guys would get complacent. I'm not saying – and Disco Dan does great about – and Jessica gets everybody and everybody there, gets everybody prepped phenomenally well. But how do you get them to – you know, without – you know, you win it and then it's guys, you know, to do this again, here's what we need to do versus this well, season where it's, it's – It's also – but you're right, but it's a little different at this level because, one – only 14 of those players are back. Two, they're playing their asses off because they want to go to the show. Sure. They're not messing around. They, as much as we'd love them all to stay here for their 10- or 15-year career, they're nobody's not. playing hard to stay here. That's true. <laughs> they're, not that, playing, they're not playing 
because the Calder Cup is their dream growing up. <laughs> That's exactly. True. That's true. Yeah. Yes, when they're playing in their basement there in the are, dead of winter, they were not pretending to carry around the there Calder Cup. There are a handful of them that do know well, that this is, the, this is their shot. Yeah. And, and um, Lindy talked about it. Cole was, was mentioning that you know, he felt bad for a couple of guys who knew that that was going to be their last hurrah. They wanted to win it for those guys. Sure. And Oh, yeah, Matt Tennyson know, and stuff. Y- exactly. You know, Tenny, Wichco. Y- yeah. I mean, there are some guys, even Jesper, because I didn't realize Jesper was going to leave the country. But, y- right. You know, um, so, yeah, what, what I've loved to see in Tennyson – Skate just once. That would have been. I think that's the other side of the coin. But I'm with you. You have to stay hungry. There has to be. We also might be polishing the turd. I mean, who are we kidding? Right. (laughs) That's fair. Maybe this is our way of coping. (laughs) (laughs) It is what it is. Right. We do what we do. That's why we drink. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a take taking season one in, in, in its entirety? Do you have one fondest or most memorable moment? from that first season because we're done with it we're wrapping it up we're, we, we're getting our minds now fully into season two of course but let's you know we got you here what <sighs> season one it's gretzky i, I mean really th- yeah there's just like i'm sitting there in the office and grant and i's desks are like attached so we're facing each other and gretzky comes walking in and he's oh, with man. christine simpson from toronto sports net and he's like where's my jersey so we hand him a Firebirds jersey with a 99 in Gretzky on the back. Throws it on immediately. You got anything you want me to sign? Yeah, there's about 50 things in the conference room there. Signed everything. Him and Grant talking. He had what uh, Wayne calls a Canadian coffee, which is a coffee cup with beer in it. <laughs> Note to self. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I know of the Irish yeah. uh, coffees, but... Uh, no, this okay. is a Canadian coffee. Canadian yeah, coffee. That's a cup of beer. Real good. Um, and you're like, it's freaking Gretzky. And he posed for with everybody. He posed with Fuego. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, he... Uh, and he was just so amazing. And I'm not sure that our audience other than maybe the Canadians, fully grasped I agree. what's just happened. No, I agree. Him this being was, in the building was... Messi just walked onto the field, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what we're talking about. You're here. right. Or Pele, even. Yeah. Just walked onto the field. Yeah. I, I, um, yeah. The magnitude of, of him being in that place, I think you're right. I think there was a fraction of the people that really felt... But the ones know, like, that did, right? The ones oh, that they knew that they were it. in the presence of greatness. And that's not being overstated no. at all. He is the greatest He's great player... One. Not only to have ever played, but I think who will have ever played. That's pretty special. I, can't, I cannot think of a... I, I mean, don't think it's an overstatement to say that he saved hockey in the southern United States. For sure. The Kings were done. I mean, I grew up in L.A. where the old joke was you'd call a forum up and you'd say, what time's the game tonight? And they'd say, what time can you be here? Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, you could get <laughs> ice seats wow. at faceoff. Yep. <clears throat> I mean, no they were kidding. putting <clears throat> seven, 8,000 a night maybe. Excuse me. Um, no, he'd be saved L.A. hockey for sure. Wow. I mean, I was in L.A. at Gladstone's when Gretzky came. And all of a sudden, everybody went from going to Laker games because Magic was on his tail end of his run. Sure. Mm-hmm. Showtime Lakers were dying quickly. Yep. And Gretzky comes to town. All of a sudden, now you can get any Laker ticket you want, but you can't get a freaking Kings ticket to save Ooh. your life. Wow. And that's where the celebrity started going. Yep. And as you guys have discovered, once people see hockey in person – they're hooked. That's it. They have to be. Yeah. It's true. I was. I mean, I saw my very first game was a Kings game actually in L.A. about five years ago. And I was center ice. 
and I walked in and I felt the chill of the ice. I saw everybody dressed up, the music, the the, the show. And then I saw, I mean, I was in after yeah. that. Yeah, I was yeah. done. I was yeah. done. And if you're enjoying this episode as much as we enjoyed doing it, please remember to hit that like button. And if you haven't subscribed yet, now's a great time to hit that subscribe button too. And remember, turn on alerts so you never miss an episode. And last but not least, take a moment to share the Firebirds Fan Zone podcast with your Firebirds family and friends and anybody who loves our birds as much as you do. As always, the Firebirds Fan Zone podcast is brought to you by Kyle Garman Realtor. Whether you're buying or selling, Kyle Garman and his team at Keller Williams have you covered. Visit him at kylegarman.kw.com. And by DesertDefenseLawyers.com, DUI and criminal defense throughout the Coachella Valley. Attorney David Givett has been working hard to keep folks out of the penalty box since 2008. Now, let's get back to it. I was done. And that was the one thing, too, because Tim and Todd talked about it a lot. He goes, we just got to get him in. We just got to mm-hmm. get him. Now, everybody thought it would work. And we had hopes it would work well. But I think even the most optimistic person never dreamed that what's happened would happen. Well, winning helps. Winning was phenomenal. Um, the arena's just oh, stunning. Man. And it's built so smart with everything lower bowl except for the luxury the seats yeah. around the top. Smart. You know, it, it is brilliant. It's funny, too, because my whole thing is the first time you take somebody, get them down by the ice. Yes. Let them see how big these guys are, how fast they are, how hard they hit, how hard that puck is slapped. Heck yeah. I mean, when you're watching a game and you boom, right in front of you, there's nothing like that, nothing. right? That's why we love our seats. Yeah. Right. But as you get a, become a more sophisticated watcher of hockey, yeah. you'll notice the Canadians are at either end. Mm-hmm. They want to be above the glass yes. at one end or the other because they want to see the plays develop. Yes, they do. And my wife, who's from Portugal, had I took her to one hockey game, Bismarck Bears. <laughs> which which, no which no makes bears. the Charleston Chiefs look like sophisticated hockey operation. Um, <laughs> and so she'd been to one game, and, and, and she's just hooked, like crazy hooked, but she wanted to get up higher. So this year our season tickets are actually drink rails on the Ooh. second level. Okay. And she loves it up there. Well, and she says the food's better. But the purest, that, but. And I, yeah, I ran into, I yeah. talked to a gentleman today about this, and he's been, a, he's been watching hockey since 1940-something, yep. and he's, he, his season tickets are, yeah, above the glass, kind of in that corner pocket where you can see, he wants to see the whole thing develop. Yep. You know, for myself, I like being. Well, you like being in on it. Right, you feel yeah. more a part of yes, it. Yes, right. I love that experience. Versus part. observing. Yes, right. You get yes. distance. You're observing. Yeah. But when you're and it's funny because I was sitting with Fred Rogan last night. Unbelievably, Fred Rogan and his wife had season tickets all year last year. Okay. Because he's you know he, he was stepping down at KNBC and like everybody in LA, eventually you're coming out here That's and they, right. they got a place and yep. stuff. And uh, so I'm sitting with Fred Rogan. He's on the glass on the penalty box side, so kind of catty corner from where you are. Yep. And. Uh, I I hadn't been down there in a while, you know. It's fun. And it was just like it's this, fun. Yeah, this, I love it. This is great. My favorite part. Uh, my wife had never been, and the first night I I was watching her reactions a lot because I knew what was coming. 
And again, when they do, when they check and they, they're coming at you and the puck gets slapped and you see the boards bend towards you. <laughs> and I love watching newbies who sit in front of us now, yeah. their reactions. It's, it's almost like I equate it to being like at an amusement park or at Universal Studios when you don't know something's coming and all right. of a sudden, you know, you get that jump scare. Sure. Or, you're in it. That You're having yeah. that experience with everything that's going on. Plus, you get to see their faces. You see them, John, the smiles and the kind Start of... Start chipping at The little other. stuff. Yeah, the yeah, little stuff no. that's going on. And that's, that's you're the, Right, the, but it's two joy. different experiences. It is absolutely right? two different experiences. One, you're a part of it. The other one's more observing. Yeah. Um, I, but I hadn't been down there in a while because I'm on the observing level. and uh, Have fun? Yeah. I kind of missed it. I yeah. But then it goes into the corner and you're like, ah, oh, God damn it. I can't yeah, see what's going on. The, old, the only so, yeah. drawback. We had yeah. taught, my wife and I talked about moving up so mm. we could see, but... We balanced it. I we, we like to feel I the... Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I don't here. mind craning my neck in exchange for a good smash against the glass. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I happened to be down there last year with some friends, and it moved down into like the second, third rows in the corner. But it was when Cameron did the flip between oh his legs. Oh, my gosh, and, that was incredible. And so this is their first hockey game. Um, and so <laughs> comes Cameron. He does that crazy shot. And I'll never forget, I looked over at my friend. First hockey game, he was just like, what the hell was that? They can do that, right? It's like every, it's like that every night. Right. Yeah, come on. But that was the same game. Ty Cartier had his the first hat trick ever in the oh, arena. Yeah. Um, I think we won six to. Dude, that was one or two. It was game. a great game. game, especially for your first hockey game. Right? Heck yeah, it was amazing. Every game though that I've seen in there, I've told Dave this and, and multiple people. I don't think I've ever walked out of there like, oh, that was all right. Well, Every game, lose. well, even when they lost, it was a fight. I don't like. There's never been a major blowout overall. There's always, yeah, always, that's true. We've never really got our asses handed no, to us at home. No, that's what I'm saying. And so if we did lose, road, it was always a dog so. fight. Yeah, and they they were always in it. Yeah, uh, and then we've been to overtimes. There was um, shootouts, and I mean, there was just so many great games that we went to. I'd like leave there every night. Because I've been to, I've been to basketball games, I've been to baseball games, and I've been to f- lots of football games. And there's times you walk out just kind of defeated, or man, that was I could have stayed home for that. I've never felt that way yeah. going into that arena. And there's things to be said too, right? I mean, I'm a lifelong Dodger fan. Now I was born in Anaheim, and my dad would take us to Dodger games. But when you're a kid, you're in the car for like five, ten minutes. All of a sudden, you see a, a stadium. Oh, we're here. He's like, No, we're not. now back then frankly you could drive from anaheim to la in 40 minutes so it wasn't like now where it's a three-hour excursion oh man but um i could never understand why he would just drive past the closest team to go to the dodgers and now having been to both stadiums like oh i get it now Mm -hmm. Dodgers team is way better everything about it's better and so baseball truth is 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 great in person but it's the experience yeah it's very leisurely you get some dogs yeah peanuts. Yep. you're gonna be there for a few hours even with the speeding up of the pitchers it's still you're gonna be there a couple two and a half three oh, hours, you're right long three hours yeah but that's fine yeah. right because you're at the baseball game you're, you're looking hanging around, out yeah you're the music it's you're great right. you're right football i gotta tell you i mean it's fine going but if you want to actually see the game TV's a hundred uh, times like better. better on TV. It's just yeah, no, they I got twenty cameras on the field. Yeah, you're going to see every, and it's like. But you've never been to a Seahawks so, game, so therefore that's an experience. Yeah. Sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna advocate yeah. for it. it's an experience. It's an ex- it, yeah. Well, Seahawks. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Hey, it's fair. I've been you, Ra- I've been Raider fan since I was a kid, so the last twenty oh years has been pretty rough. Have <laughs> you ever been on probation or? Yeah. <laughs> no, just, I've, that's I, a different I, episode. I've done time. No. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> I uh, no, when I was a kid, because you know, it was first it was Daryl LaMonica, the Mad Bomber, but they were always like the pirates, the yep. the outlaws. Yeah, I mean, I'm ten. Yep. you know, so yeah. this is what I liked. So I've been a lifelong Raider fan, and then I had the, the privilege to to get to know Coach Flores a bit. And he took me to the, one of the, their last playoff run before they went to the Super Bowl, got their asses kicked, and haven't seen you know side of it since. Mm-hmm. But I went with Coach Flores to Oakland for the playoff game against the Titans. And you're walking through the parking lot there for the little tailgating. It's like something out of Thunderdome. For real. I mean, it's freaking yeah. terrifying. Oh, it is. But Coach Flores comes walking through with his four Super Bowl rings, right? And this part, Coach, hey, Coach, hey, Coach. And all these guys that look like they literally just got out of prison to come to the game. And they're just like, oh, look at there's Coach Flores. They turned into 12-year-old kids oh, yeah, all exactly. over again. So I just, like, tucked in behind them. Heck, yeah. <laughs> got, so, I mean, but so that's, I mean, football, yeah, it's an experience. But you're, but you're not, right. No, on TV, yeah, I do yeah. enjoy it better. Um, basketball. Yeah. You know, it's fun. It's fine. Yeah. You know, I I have a hard I, again growing up on Showtime Lakers. Mm. I got a hard time watching the, today's game. Well, it's a different game. You're right. Yeah. I agree. It's not. I, I I saw a lot of the '90s uh, basketball, and that's what I grew up with back. Yeah. You know, when it was uh, the superstars were superstars, and they stayed put, and there wasn't this moving around. And but the, it's also a different game. One, they travel like crazy. It makes yeah. my head explode. Yeah. Um, it's three point shots and slam dunks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And which is funny because when the Globetrotters came here, I was sitting there. I'm like. I used to really love the Globetrotters. Now, granted, Metal Lark Lemon and Curly Neal are dead, but I'm like, but then I realized what the Globetrotters had done, which made them fascinating, now makes them just like any other NBA, NBA game. Team. Is yep. Three shots, slam dunks, and they clear out one side. Yes. Right? Yeah. So it's the same damn game. Yep. Only they're not You're as right. good, frankly, as the NBA players. That's you why know? a lot so, of people gravitate towards college basketball because it's more purity. Hockey, there's just there's the TV camera will never be able I agree. to keep up with the speed of the game. And there's so much going on behind the puck, mm-hmm. right? So the camera's got to stay with the puck. Meanwhile, we're getting caught in a line change. Quick outlet pass, suddenly it's a two-on-one. Well, on TV, you're like, well, how the hell did that just happen? Yeah. But when you're there, you can see we had a bad line change, right? Somebody wasn't paying attention or he left at the wrong time or a bad ricochet. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, our three guys are skating off and the other guys haven't got on yet and they're just going right past TV them. TV can never do no. hockey justice. There's no but, way. But, and this is one of my things too, where I want to eventually broadcast all of our games on local television, is once you're a fan, you'll want to keep up with the team. It's true. Even if you can't get to the game that night, and let's face it, not everybody can be season ticket holders. It's right. true. You know, it's not crazy like, you know, going a Ram season ticket holder. You know, you got to mortgage the house. Right. But, you know, a family of four. Oh, it adds up. 20000 bucks. It adds up. Like I mean, it adds. It depends on what you're seeing, but no, it adds yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they'll go, you know, half a dozen games a year, maybe mm-hmm. more, maybe buy a, a, one of those mini packages where, you know, you get a really good rate on that. Yep. Because the truth is. Take a family of four to a movie is a hundred dollar night now. Oh, it's insane. More than that, yeah. yeah and you can go to a hockey and... game for that. Can yeah. you measure the local ratings when games oh, are aired? Oh yeah. And <laughs> what are they? Um, regular season games were as good as the best local newscasts, which is really the only thing we can compare it to, right? Okay. It's local. It's live. Yeah. Right? Um, so we were right there with the local TV stations. I won't say which one we were beating and which one we were close to, but. Um, but then when the playoffs came, oh. we started seeing numbers that in my 25 years in local news, we never saw. 
I ever. Bet. I mean, and then by that last seven games. Oh, forget about including it. Including Every, everybody. The AHL feed that we were putting on, which was crap. Those numbers, Ooh. games six and seven, I'm talking 13 and 15 in the demo, 25 to 54. Wow. One of the, they measure three ways, right? It's 25, 54 because they still, that's a whole thing about. They're the ones w- spending the money. W- not here, though. Right? Not in this town. But I guess the theory is once you're in your 50s, if you're a Tide shopper or you buy Toyotas, you've already picked. You're a Coors Light Mm. guy. I can show you all the Bud Light commercials in the world. You're a Coors Light guy. 25 to 54, you're still deciding whether or not you like Mm. Tide or Gain. But once you clear. So that's why they want that audience. So I get that. Then they measure households, which is, you know, how many houses have that on. You don't really know who's watching. Mm -hmm. Um, But that'll give you a sense of. You know, paying attention. Who's at home? But then there's a thing called sets in use. And that number is interesting because that includes sports bars, two sets in the same house, you know, uh, one TV, could be two people watching, could be 10 people because they got. So what you generally do is you double that number. And we're talking almost 30,000 people watching the game in an arena that only holds 10. Wow. And I think in Game 7, at some point, we had what we figured would be roughly 50,000 people watching. No kidding. In this town. In hockey at the end of June. By the way, all the Canadians have gone home, so it's no Canadians. No, it's... This I, is all local. It was every... Yeah, everybody was paying attention. Yeah. It was the hottest thing. You couldn't go anywhere without somebody talking what about it. What was great about the playoffs, especially after, well, we love them, our, our friends from the Great White North had, got, had, had to go back, which they have to do, I guess, in exactly six months, Keep right? Their- insurance yep. benefits yeah, or whatever. Yeah. That's right. The locals discovered you could walk up, get a really good seat, skip the Ticketmaster charges. Yep. And so we started getting between 800 and 1,200 walk-ups a game. So That's smart. Yeah, yeah. we'd sell seven, 8,000 tickets and get another 1,000 or 1,500 walking up. Yeah, Kyle Sarah talked about well, that too, last... the attendance and the snowbird effect, and then how well, our, we the locals panicked because you know that first. Do you remember the Tucson, the first oh, Tucson yeah. game? Yeah, yeah. There was forty five hundred people there. I know. We were like freaking out, like, oh crap. Well, we know we were like, is this really going to be? Yeah, this is this what we're right? talking about? Uh, last night was a Wednesday night, and the place was it was packed. Well it was packed. Baby. Oh, Love right. seeing that. All of our home games so far have all been over eight thousand, I believe, and I think and, that's going to be ten thousand the first night. So I was asking before about about measuring the ratings because. If you've got those numbers I that do. it seems it, it, it's easily justified, cost-effective, profitable to broadcast every game, am, um, I, am, I, am I not reading Well, that right? here's the thing. So selling TV ads is a different animal from what a gentleman named Rich Franklin does for us, which is sponsorships. And he's done an amazing job. We got big names in there cutting big checks for mm-hmm. us. And the, the support for businesses and obviously individuals in this town. Like, not, not that we've ever seen. It was, it's been amazing. So what so far we've been doing is like, okay, well, if you buy a Dasher and maybe the Ribbon and the Marquee out on the interstate and maybe something in one of the suites, we'll throw in some TV commercials too. So mm-hmm. it's what we're getting to now is because – so many people want their business associated yes. with the Firebirds is we're starting to sell blocks of just TV commercials. You know, we got 12 games this year. We'll sell you these blocks. We're getting a really good rate for it. And so if I can get to the point where we're selling out every broadcast game, local TV is never going to make money. 
mm-hmm. right? This is not the NFL. I'm not broadcasting Ooh. to 25, 30 million people, right? right? But I can close the gap. And the more I close the gap, I think the more games you'll see. Like maybe we'll do twenty next year. Well, I was loving to yeah. see how much we're being broadcast this year. I mean, like, like that was great. Yeah, it's yeah, fantastic. We were, we were ten last year. Well, not that we're watching it because we're there. Yeah. We're there. Yeah. Well, yeah. in the playoffs, what we did was the first home game in the first rounds. But then, yeah, by the Calder Cup final, we did all seven. Well, you did them all. Yeah. Well, we were at that point being televised nationally. I think. I mean, there was people in Florida. NHL were, Network was picking us up. Yeah, Root. Root we were the only hockey on his own hockey. Yeah, line. that's true. That's right. Yeah. It was after we the, were the best, Cup. best show in the house. And uh, it was such a great story. Right. Well, and the oldest team in the AHL versus the newest team. Why in the hell did not ESPN pick up on our story? And what I don't know, but Cameron on? Hughes shot made top 10. I know that was incredible. Yeah. And that should have really put some. I don't want to get into all that, but I think ESPN maybe blew it on that deal because it, when it comes to sports, and when it comes to uh, things like what had happened, I mean, it, that doesn't come along very often. I mean, it's lightning yeah. in a bottle that happens. Yeah. And so to not have it on their radar and tell the story about it, at least have some awareness around it. I was really, really shocked because it There's was somebody on Mad Dog Sports of the morning before uh, uh, Colin Cowherd comes on. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his name all of a sudden, but he, at the end of his show, he has his lock of the night. Right, there's because they talk a lot of uh, gambling and, and stuff like. So he's like, okay, here's your lock of the night. First year Coachella Valley Firebirds are going to win the Calder Cup tonight against. And I'm like, wow, what? Going, what? Okay. This guy's out of New York, and he's like, his lock of the night. And it turned out they didn't work out, so he may never. Pick well, us he was again. only one bad bounce but away from being right. At least, believe. at least he was bringing it up. But so yeah, there was there was lots of national, and then if you count Canada. Uh, international attention that we've got that no minor league hockey team gets ever. Uh, that's true. No, Hell, that's the Arizona, true. <laughs> Arizona Coyotes don't get the attention we get. I, I know, <laughs> but it was just it was such a unique story about this brand new franchise and doing what they did in the playoffs, how they get round after round, yeah, yeah. doing what we did. Now we're in the Calder Cup. We're playing the the the, the longest running yeah, I, franchise. We're I, the hadn't, youngest. I didn't even really think about it at the time. But you're right, though. I'm kind of surprised ESPN. It's a story, they, and yeah. they cover everything. Fox I've seen, Sports, too, for that matter. They, exactly. Yeah. So I'm off that pedestal. I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Can I, I, there, I do have a question uh, since I'm still on it. What is with you and Fuego? <laughs> what is the deal? <clears throat> well. It's a love-hate relationship. Is there, do you know who he is personally? So then. My desk is five feet from his. So, yeah. Oh, it's personal. No. Um, <laughs> um, Wait, hang on. Yeah. Why does Fuego have a desk? Well, actually, <laughs> I got a picture of him being outfitted in his elf outfit for the holidays. So, you know, he's got to have a place to put his stuff. I uh, guess. Okay. okay. You know, so is this a like nest, a, if you will. Is this like a Jim and Dwight situation where um, uh, your, your desk mates that don't really <laughs> like being desk You know, the, the, the truth is, is one, um, it's funny. No, it is. It's yeah. great. I love and, it. I and love once, the And we started, it was at the casino that it started. Oh, yes. And yes. Uh, so once you get a, a couple of laughs on that, oh, I'm going to keep playing. Heck yeah. Yeah, I'm going to keep. I loved it. But uh, he's so great. He's amazing. He is so great. I'll tell you, um, we did the Pride Parade. Two and a half hours in 90 degree heat. He's in that costume. Man. And. Doesn't stop. He was fried. I mean, it, it, was, it was rough. It was rough on all of us. And none of us were wearing, you know, these suits. The next morning, I'm dropping my son off at Oliphant Elementary School, and the principal, who's a season ticket holder, is like waving me over. I'm like, oh, my God, what's going on? What's going on? He points in. Fuego's already there. 
surrounded by about 100 kids screaming and yelling at him. And I texted him the night before at 8.30. I go, how you feeling? He goes, oh, I mean, Fuego said, uh, um, you know, I'm starting to feel better now. Oh, man. And yet there he was, 8 o'clock in the morning. And he'd already been there. That is incredible. Fuego is, and I would never really, it was one of the things I, I don't, I didn't give mascots a lot of thought, you yeah. know? What do I care? But now every time I see some sad guy in a costume, like my daughter's at Utah Tech, and so I'm going to her soccer games, and they got this guy in a buffalo suit because of the trailblazers, <laughs> and he just looks miserable. Right. He's just walking yeah. around, you know? And then you see Fuego come out, and he's so physical and he, jumping. There's and mis- nothing miserable about that oh, guy. He's yeah. all energy, and yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. And he, as much as anything, has made the Firebirds what we are to this town. Yeah. People love him. Kids go nuts over him. Yes, they do. And I've done uh, half a dozen events with him um, at schools. And then yesterday, at my, as it turned out, my son's school. And uh, they go nuts. They go Guys, nuts. Well, he's amazing. I mean, Fuego is. is just, yeah, his energy. But, again, that's the magic of what this whole thing's been about, mm. where it came down to the production. Because we've touched on everything. We've touched on, you know, again, Jason Hernandez calling it, you know, calls each game amazingly well yep. we've got I loved it the on, on the day of the dead when he was doing the spanish oh Spanish-y. that was I great love that, that yeah. was great. everyone was like he should do that every night like that's a lot of work yeah. um <laughs> i don't it, know how good yeah. his spanish is because it was not very good he, he seemed not, to struggle on occasion yeah he's fourth fifth generation yeah. you know so it was so good though but again everything yeah. from from that end to the production to having you guys to the mascots even to the you know uh um Whoever designed Merchandise. the Kraken logo and mm-hmm. color scheme, yeah, and the Firebirds, brilliant. The way they just—they do such a good job. So amazing. Oh, it's easy to buy into, and I was nervous about that too because I'm like, oh man, here well, comes remember this all, some of the names that were bouncing around. Yeah, you know, it, I, was like, I was nervous. I'm yeah. like, ah, is this gonna be lame? Is this gonna be one of those things where it could have been? It could have been. It could have yeah. been so bad. Yeah. And yet now it's the coolest thing that people want to be a part of. Obviously, a winning team, but it just all felt like we've been doing this for so long and like you said night one was a it was a hot mess yeah and it was less nobody than, really by knew the way they were that doing. was 11 months ago 11 months ago we're not even a year into this thing that's yet. right and yet it feels like we've been doing this for a while yeah. now yeah. especially and, showing up and you guys have been in this town long enough every night it's like a, a high school reunion yes because yeah. you're going to run into your doctor yep. your dentist uh you know some your mechanic it's just like every night you run into these people and now you see them night after night a lot of them but you'll still say oh look at you i yours? love it yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's like a small town get together every night and ultimately this is still a really small town yes because the year-round residents were still only a couple two three hundred thousand right and so when you go to a game and you see a bunch of people, you know, like the other night when it was La Quinta High School night. I mean, mm-hmm. Those great. kids were fun. Those they kids were, had a good time. Yeah, a so the high schools are loving it. The kids love it. It's, I got to tell you, it's been beyond anything I ever imagined it could be. And you're only 10 minutes from your house, 15 at best. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's right stinking there. Yeah. Location can't get any better. I mean, it, it definitely made a small valley even smaller. Yeah. 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 Which I think it was, was, was brilliant. What do you think about what, what, what are your thoughts and predictions for this coming year? Let's get the past well, the past. depending on okay, so they've got a lot of injuries already in Seattle, yeah. and Seattle's off to a slow start. Yep. Um, two things that usually mean you're going to see more movement this year than you did last year. Mm-hmm. Last year they stayed pretty healthy and they played well, uh, and we still Ty went up, Jesper went up, mm-hmm. John Hayden went up. Mm-hmm. I mean, and Joey was up and down. Yeah. So I mean, 
it's what we're here for. That's going right? to happen. I know. We got to be prepared so. For it's hard to as make much as it hurts. Bold yes. predictions, right? I mean, I was really, really looking forward to watching Devin Shore play, and he. I don't. Know, I think maybe he played opening night. I'm not even sure, but he was gone. Yeah, and he's up there. I don't know. We see him again this year. Um, he Probably may not. He may never. When the guy comes in with 500 NHL games under his belt, pretty good chance he's going to yeah. leave. Mm-hmm. Um, so before the season started, Grant had looked over what turned out to be pretty close to the final roster before they took Shore to Seattle, and he's like, "I think these guys are going to be better." I've heard that. Yeah, I have and heard then that. He goes then. Chris Drieger is an unbelievably good goalie. Yes, he is. Which is why he signed the contract that he did mm-hmm. and got hurt. Yep. When he came back, at this point, Joey was pretty well established, so mm-hmm. he didn't get to play much. And Grant will tell you, my daughter as well, who's a soccer goalie, um, confidence and rhythm is like 90% of the job. So when you're only getting out there sporadically, you're coming back from injury, so you've been off for a while, you're still not sure if your body can – it's tough to play well. Yeah. And so he struggled at times. Yep. But I'll tell you what, these first eight games this year, if you had any doubt that this guy was an NHL-level goalie. Oh, he's yeah, looking he's, good. Out at all. Yeah. He's looking strong. Another thing, too, don't be surprised if somebody comes calling for Chris Drieger. I mean, if somebody wants to give Seattle some draft picks mm. or a player that they need. Well, that I hope know? does not happen. Yeah. We all hope. <laughs> yeah. no, I know. Yeah. We need to <laughs> stay. That I hope not. For. We got to stay but consistent. But as well as he's playing. Like, they, they took uh, Dustin Wolf up finally in Calgary. Did they really? So we won't have to face that some bitch on Saturday. Oh, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Oh, man. That guy was so – so it's okay too. when they take their good yeah. players up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They can go. No, but that guy just owned us last year. Yeah. He was well, unbelievable. Except that, well, we beat him in five. Yeah, One yeah. bad bounce. Yeah. In overtime. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. That was probably the biggest moment. Yeah. We, we could the easily The Calgary overtime win was probably the – That's that Yes, so if good. there was one moment. Yeah. That and Polarowski's goal would just – Feet. With his whole body yeah. off the ice, he was levitating. To the ice. Yeah. yeah, who does that, Potsy? I mean, yeah. come on, <laughs> Potsy does come that. Come on. So yeah, and so those two moments really stick out in my mind because that was a big goal too. Huge. So, how do I think this team is on paper at the start of the year? Everybody who's smart that I respect said they're going to be better. Man, I hear that, man. And there looks like the tr- like last night. Last night was Wednesday, the Wednesday night game against um, San Diego. Yep. For whenever you're watching this, yeah, I noticed they were doing different things. They were trying different things. Sure. And by the way, San Diego's out. demonstrably better this year. Oh, like, for sure. I mean, we just we we slapped them around every time yeah. we saw them last yeah. year. This is a good team this year. Yeah, they looked a little different. And they Anderson's came out, and it feels like the home games that I've been, you know, we've been watching. We got a big target on our back, so you it feels believe. like everybody's showing up, and we're getting everybody's best. Yep, because they want to embarrass us in our house. Sure, they want to take us. We to, did it all last year in, in their house. Exactly right, and yeah. so they they want to start doing that. To, yeah, you can feel that energy when they're yeah. showing up. Or Ontario did that. They came and they showed up and they gave us their best. And, yep. but it wasn't a blowout. No, 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 no. So. How do I think the team's going to do? I mean, we'll make the playoffs. But in all fairness, eight out of the ten teams do. There's a lot of participation ribbons, apparently, yeah. in the Pacific Division. That's true. Um, so we'll make the playoffs. Of this, I, I yeah. don't have a lot of doubt. Will we win the division again or come really close to winning the division again? Yeah. Um, Bakersfield. Um, <laughs> yeah. Unless people keep getting hurt in Seattle, okay. unless somebody comes calling in the, the NHL factors. and wants a, a goalie. Um, I mean, that's the thing, too, right? It's, if your guys are playing well, 
other teams are going to want them. It's true. The NHL is going to want them. And that's yep. what we're here for is to get them ready to go up as heartbreaking as it is for us. Yeah. I don't mind if they go up to Seattle. I don't want them going other places. No. Right. Because if you Seattle know. gets knocked out of the playoffs, they'll send them back down. Then they'll down send them right back us. down. So that's why we just keep it, I guess, next man, uh, you know, next man up. Yeah. And we did a good job of that last year. We yeah. were pulling people from different places and yeah. it, they came in ready. And then there's a culture. Dan, you know, Disco Dan gets everybody and Jessica and all those guys get them ready to play. Firebird yeah. hockey. And I'll tell you what, Ryan Winterton is a great example. Man, oh man, we didn't get we, him very long. We no. saw him early on and said that we guy's special. Him, yeah, him and then Morrison with his brace last night. Oh you man, you knew that kid was going to be special. Yep. I still think we haven't seen the best of Melanson. Okay, I think that's still mm. to come. Student each is. Oh my, Student each. Well, yeah. that's, that that guy's story of a guy from Texas who goes, "Oh, I want in on this." Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. yeah. And when that guy decides to kick it into that fourth gear, yep. he leaves everybody else two, three yards behind him. Oh, my God. So and he's because he's skating around normal. All of a sudden, so he just fast. hits the gas. You're like, whoa. Gone. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, with that, with Studenich and Morrison, um, and these guys can play hockey. Yeah, they can. And there's some good kids we sent down, too. Um, Robertson may come back. Robertson, that was the other yeah. guy. Robertson, he's, he's another he'll one. be back. We'll see yeah. him again. Yeah. And he's playing one. really well in Kansas City. Yeah. So this is the thing, right? I mean, We'll steal from Kansas City, piss them off. Yep. Seattle steals from us, piss us off. That's right. It's just business. It's not personal. Yep. I, and that's the thing. And, and once you – so it's hard to predict a season, right? Because you don't know. Yeah. If we were going to finish with the same roster we started with, I'd say, yeah, we're going to win it all. But, our, but, but are we, we don't Yeah, know. we won't look the same come April. No. Yeah. But you're right about last year. Who knows who steps up? Yeah. You know? What are you looking forward to this season? Never mind how the team's going to do. Who can tell anything can happen? What are you looking forward to? Well, I love broadcasting the games. That's for sure. And I'd like to do more. We'll do 12 this year. We really should be up at 20, 25. Like and then ultimately, I mean, I'd love to be able to say we're going to televise every home game. That'd be great. Because at that point, then you might as well put up the road games on, too, yep. and just take the AHL feed. It's crap. Yeah. But at least you can follow the team. Yep. You know, you get on our, either our own channel someplace there you or go. get a broadcast partner that will allow us that much airtime, and it's there just Firebirds TV. There you go. I love that. <laughs> yeah. the, the only AHL team to have their own yeah. station. And by the network. way, my paycheck would stay exactly the same. Yeah. So what I'm saying is I'm willing to get paid exactly what I'm paid now for 12 games to do 36. That's how much fun I'm having. I love it. Yeah. For sure. Now, when, when the games are not being broadcast, you're still in the arena. You're yeah. still doing your thing. Basically, um, you guys know Gina Rotolo. Mm-hmm. She's sure. She's a vice president of marketing and communication. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. Um, whatever she needs from me. Yeah. If it's, you know, if uh, babysitting Bo Jackson or... <laughs> You know, oh, the anthem singer is lost in the parking lot. It could be anything. Yeah. Grip, grip and grin. We got some folks coming wow. in. Can you say hi? So, yeah, it's it, originally my original title with this company was brand ambassador. Okay. And so on the, the not game nights for me, a lot of it's just that. Okay. Walking around, saying hi to people, yeah. especially now because it's just you see the same sure. people game after game. Like, hey, how you doing? You Heck know? Yeah. And it's just it's like the greatest job I've ever had in my life. It really so you're is. having the most fun. Oh, my God. Love that. Oh, man. You know what? Everybody that sat in this chair has said the same thing. Everybody that if we've I had. If I would have known there was careers like this in sports, I probably would have looked into it earlier. But, again, it was like news for me. It's like, oh, somebody else does that stuff. I'm not an athlete. I mean, uh, so. But yet here we are. Yep. So they could just as easily have pointed to the sports desk as the weather wall and, you know, your path well, would have been different. Yeah. I, I mean, I did some sports on occasion. 
Sports. sports. Although if Karen Devine was a dentist, you'd be an oral surgeon by now. So, there you go. No, I'd you know. still be taking college courses while, <laughs> while waiting tables at 60. Well, uh, glad it happened the way it did. Me too. How about some rapid fire? Yeah, so um, you haven't watched the show. I have not. Okay, but will you? I've never watched any podcast ever. Have, okay, so will you be listening moving forward? You well, don't have to watch this. You can I'll listen. I'll watch at least one episode. <laughs> yeah, you will. No, I think there's going to be another one coming up that you might I'll watch Grant, too. Don't let Grant see what I said about him. Okay, well, that's not on us. That's, that's <laughs> on him. So what we do, we do a, uh, a segment in, to end the show is just a quick rapid-fire right. question segment. Pretty, pretty easy. Yeah. Um, what's your go-to food at the arena, the concessions? Is there a go-to that you like out there? The nachos, I'm told are the best on planet earth they're amazing they're my, my yeah, daughter and i actually good. just had some last night first time no uh for her yes but we've had them before uh, she came in from costa mesa last night she goes to college out there she loves Riker evans i'm gonna embarrass her and Riker scored good job Riker. um but we went and got nachos you do mean on the ice right yeah not yes. with your daughter okay. I, yeah gentlemen gina was hey you're the, the one gentleman i said scored the on the ice no, where you else you yeah. said scored with my daughter yeah that's what i heard i say scored with my daughter did i did i say that i didn't say <laughs> that. you said daughter and scored the same sentence you know, so we, close enough yeah, okay well you guys fill in the gaps wherever um i will say this about the food i know it's rapid fire but sorry sure um I still think we need a really good, like, Pink's hot dogs in there. Ooh. We, yeah. need, good call. we need a really good Dodger the one that dog. snaps when you bite yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that one of those. Okay. And uh, um, if I were the king of the arena, which I'm clearly not, um, I would have fresh-made popcorn someplace. Just that smell. Yeah. Like Disneyland. For I mean, us, they pump that all over. Yeah. I mean, I never eat popcorn in Disneyland. Oh, Garlic no. fries up in, up in Seattle is the big go-to. Like, you get near the arena, and you smell garlic, garlic fries. fries. They're amazing. And it is. It, I've it been the there, but I don't remember smelling the fries. Oh, man. It's go back. All right. So what's your go-to meal in the Valley? What's your spot? Restaurant meal? <sighs> a lot of places I really yeah, you, like. Most recently, um, took our daughter to farm. Farm. I love farm. Downtown Palm Springs and La Plaza. Oh. I love farm. If I'm going to be in Palm Springs for breakfast, Cheekies is amazing. Um, but the truth is, even though she's off to college now, just don't go out that much anymore. Okay. I just soon have people over at the house. Nice. We bought the house yeah. for a reason, right? We yeah. built a big backyard and pool and everything. Yeah. So, so you know what it's like out here. You'd rather people over at your house, yeah. sit outside. It's so yep. beautiful. It's a, that's why we're here. Yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. I like that. It's a great answer. I will tell you, though, we did lose one of my favorite restaurant people recently, oh. Michael Costelli. Costelli. Mm. Uh, Michael and I had been friends for 20 years. We're about the same age. I would, I would only go in once a year because the guy would pick up the check every time. And when a guy picks up the check, you can't go twice. Yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> now you're just mooching. Yeah, that's right. And I would tell him, Michael, he was like, why, do you, why don't you come more often? I go, we'd love to. But you pick up the check every time, so and now, I can't. He goes, yeah. well, you can't pay when you're here. Well, I go, but then I can only come not once a year. not going to come all the time. I, yeah. I, I would, I'll come more. Because then, then you become he, that guy. But he was such a sweet, yeah. just a, oh, such a too great bad. I'm guy. sorry. And he passed a couple of months ago now and is going to mm. be missed. So um, at least once a year. That was we were, you'd find us at Costelli's. That's awesome. Um, what's on your radio come game day? Game day? Yeah, you know some of the guys that get certain music to pump them up. I mean, is there something that you listen to, you know, to get you ready? I'm a sports talk guy, awesome. so I, I'm listening usually like in the morning. It'll be Colin Cowherd for yeah, sure. He's good. Um, but yeah, 
I, I don't need music to get pumped Sports up. Sports talk. Well, I mean, yeah, in, yeah. in your mind, you know, you're kind of singing that zone, so I get that. A little that bit, makes sense, yeah. yeah. Um, what's your treat? What's a treat yourself day look like for Gino? I will tell you, and this period of my life just ended. Um, my daughter was playing academy soccer since she was 11, and weekends were her team was in Norco. So five, sometimes six days a week. It's a lot of miles. 180 miles round trip. Three practices a week. Usually two games on the weekend. But that time with her. Oh. And everybody kept saying, you know, oh, it goes by so fast, goes by so fast. And when we dropped her off at school in St. George, you know, underneath the sunglasses. (laughs) Because I literally was suddenly a man that had nothing to do for 40 weekends a year. And for... uh, 10 years with the academy and then two more locally that's what my weekends were yeah right and so um what i do now just for me i don't know <laughs> I mean, you're just a big softy uh, i had no idea oh god look yeah. at you yeah well you know we just like i told you my daughter um we just dropped her off uh, she went to cod mm-hmm. and transferred over to costa mesa just recently and she's our oldest so we risk, I mean, back in September, we just did that. I mean, it was, and we are in the dorm. Um, and I'm not admit, I'm not ashamed to admit I'm, I'm, we're crying. I'm proud, you know, as a sure. father, you yeah, know, my wife is losing it and we're just having that moment. Did and she get mad at you? Mad at me? Your wife. Why would my wife get mad at me? That's what I said. And yet there it was. Like this was somehow my fault. <laughs> my wife and I were both crying at, at, you, at, oh. at you when we dropped our daughter off. And then COVID hit and she was back home and then we were crying again. Yeah. <laughs> there you yeah. go. But it is. There goes my, yeah. there goes my home office. Yeah, exactly. There is something to that. So, I mean, I get it. And, and you know, it's, uh, it's a thing. Yeah, when so. she wasn't crying, she was mad at me. That's, that's funny, actually. I um, blame for a lot around there. I have nothing to do with. Yeah, you're like, why is that my fault? Yeah. So most people don't get this one, but. I'm going to fire anyway. I'm going to wager he's going to have no clue what you're talking about. Are you a DC or an MCU guy? Ah, I do know. Oh, man. Because of my daughter. She has me fully versed in MCU. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I um, love it. I, think, I, can't, got it. I can't watch the new Marvel coming out because I haven't finished the Sam Jackson thing on disney plus because she's not there to explain to me how these things are all connected that's <laughs> a lot going on i did watch yeah. that series it's really good yeah I, I, yeah the sam jackson one it's second really good. she was gone i i, I just like i watch i'm like okay well how does he know that person there's so many yeah, yeah. there's a lot and in. then how it all relates back apparently to wandavision and i'm like that's well, another good one how does the marvels relate to wandavision Ye- oh that one actress you who played st- that role yes i need her there to tell me so when she's home for christmas maybe we'll get caught up so mcu is the answer love it See? See? No judgments. I, whoa, I'm blown away. I had no clue. I don't think anybody else you've talked to has a, a teenager in the house the last Clearly few not. years. They've been, every person who sat there except for, uh, who was it that took a second and then they got it? I can't remember. Riker. Most guests are Riker, Riker, because he's a teenager. Cole. He, he yeah. was just, um, all right, so who's your favorite superhero? Spider-Man. Nice. Which, by the way, when they brought out the two old Spider-Mans. How cool was that so one? Hot. You nerded <laughs> that out. That was so great. Just nerded out. Yeah. Like, we oh had my some God. suspicion it was coming, but when it really happened, you're like, this is cool. Oh, this is great. Yeah, they did a good job with that. Yeah, they uh, really Intertwining did. all that. Um, what other profession, other than what you're doing right now, would you have liked to try or done? So you're going to go James Lipton on me, huh? 
Um, yes, that's for these. Uh, you're right. Yep. What's your favorite curse word? That's the next question. That, what's, would, what's your least favorite? Would you sound? stop? Would you stop? I didn't <laughs> yeah. want to Did rip him really off. Did you really swipe from James Lipton? Yes. Really? I love James Lipton. Yeah, I grew no, up watching are, him. Yeah, those good are great. job. Those are yes, good. I was gonna do um, that, but I'm I, sorry. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> what other profession? What I like uh, to try. Other, you know. Um, I always kind of fancy myself a teacher. I love history. I'm a huge history buff. Um, if I'd ever actually completed a degree of some kind. We got, yeah, you should have like five or ten by now. You'd think. I should be a freaking yeah. doctor. <laughs> um, I, a teacher. I'd awesome. like to be a teacher. I could yeah, see yeah, that. A history teacher. I think I, you'd be a good one. My, yeah, well, because it's stories. If it's done right, it's not names and dates and places. It's stories. It's stuff that actually happened to real people. Yeah. But it's also my, my uncle, uh, he was a teacher in Gig Harbor. He retired. He was also And he did science. And he was also a wrestling coach. And he did sure. some baseball. And he did one podcast I listened to recently, and he, he was asked that question, you know, what about teaching was it that made you get involved? And uh, he loved passing on knowledge, mm-hmm. but also he had a personality for it. And I think to engage kids, and that was his biggest thing, is he knew that he had a personality that could engage, and he wanted to make it engaging. And so, you know, having a personality on top of a love for it matters, and I think yeah. that's how you really have impact. Yeah, yeah, and I was lucky. I hit a couple of really good history teachers in a row. Um, which gave me a love for history. And then, so yeah, I, I could have, I, I could have. You would have been great at it, man. Oh, I could thanks. see you doing that. All right. So what's your favorite curse word? Fucker. <laughs> Wide on. <laughs> which I use way too much. Even Todd turned to me one time. He goes, you got to stop swearing so much. I'm like, sorry, Todd. Um, <laughs> for a guy that lives on TV. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It, but it's the ER that makes it work. For yeah. Me. Like, fucker. Just like, <laughs> I don't know. I like that. Pop, pop. Yeah, 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 you're really yeah. sending a message on that. And by I think now, so. look, if the parents don't know to turn the radio down for that question, it's on that. <laughs> yeah, we usually do an advisory yeah, warning on, on that now. one, but they, on they knew that was coming because yeah. you kind of jumped the... Yeah, yeah I've been cussing through this whole thing, Yeah, which that's, is probably not correct. You're, you're fine. Um, this podcast thing, people are doing it, a lot of them. No, I'm just <laughs> I, there's a couple out there. there. I think mm-hmm. there's a guy named uh, Joseph something or Joe. Rogaine, somebody. Yeah, Rogaine, something Rogaine. like that. Yeah, he does okay. Yeah. So... Well, Gino, I'll tell you what, man. Honestly, yeah, thank you Very so much cool for, for being out. Uh, we asked this of all of our guests, but at some point down the road, would you be willing to come back and do this again? No. no. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Fair enough. Under no circumstances <laughs> am I ever coming back here. What if we got Grant to do it with you? Oh, love it. No. Even worse? No. Even love worse. it. <laughs> you know? Yes, of course. I'll uh, come back yeah. anytime. You're amazing. Right, Seriously, I, well, I really cool, Yeah, thank you. My yeah. Uh, can we get a Go Birds from you? Oh, yeah, we got to get a Go Birds. Yeah, let's go. You ready? Yep. Uh, All yeah. of us or just me? Just, just you. you. We w- Go birds. Oh, so good. That's it. Go, Done. Birds. Go birds. All right. See ya. Well, that was fun. If you're enjoying the Firebirds Fan Zone podcast on YouTube, be sure to drop a comment down below and hit that like button. Also, remember to subscribe and turn on notifications so you never miss out when a new episode drops. The Firebirds Fan Zone podcast is available on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, and a whole bunch of other podcast platforms. So however you get your weekly dose of the Firebirds Fan Zone podcast, we invite you to share it across all your socials. And you can follow us on Instagram at Firebirds Fan Zone Podcast. And on Facebook, just search, guess what? Firebirds Fan Zone Podcast. The Firebirds Fan Zone Podcast is brought to you by Kyle Garman Realtor. Whether you're buying or selling, whether it's for your forever home or that quiet desert vacation getaway, 
Kyle Garman and the team at Keller Williams have the experience and skill to make that process simple and convenient. Check them out today at kylegarman.kw.com. Our podcast is also brought to you by DesertDefenseLawyers.com, DUI and criminal defense throughout the Coachella Valley. The criminal justice system is scary and confusing, but relief is just a click away at DesertDefenseLawyers.com. We've been keeping folks out of the penalty box since 2008. 